And a very good evening to everybody tuning in out there for this uh, special live stream from In The Money Media. And we thank Caesars Entertainment for their sponsorship of the show. It is Reader's Crown time. Is Ray Gatolo shuffling? Who knows what over there? Yeah, what's up? Hi. How you doing? It is Breeders' Crown Weekend. Is the 2023 championships. First time out in uh, Anderson, Indiana since 2020. They hosted a fantastic edition then. We'll look forward to a great edition this year. And, uh, you know, I'll start to my right there. That is Jacob Reinheimer of, of Harris Hoosier Park. Uh, Jacob, welcome. And, you know, I don't know the answer to this. Uh, a legitimate question to you. What's the weather look like this weekend? Knock on wood, but for, like, the first time ever in a Breeders' Crown here at Hoosier Park, we're looking pretty good. Like, Friday is going to be solid. We're looking like mid-upper 70s for Friday and then dip, dipping down into the 50s on the evening. But uh, looking good for Friday. Saturday might be a little dicey here and there with rain, but we're still looking at 60s. And uh, temperature-wise, we're looking good, just trying to get that last bit of rain out of there on Saturday. Well, to my left there is Mike Rabosi, who was uh, a part of that broadcast uh, up at the Mohawk Park last year's Breeders' Crown. And uh, he's got the Bulldog Hanover hat there on from uh, last year's. So I think last year's Breeders' Crown as well, right? Yeah, it was a great time uh, last year's British Crown, and uh, got to see Bulldog do his thing. Uh, what will we see this year? I, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. All right, bottom left, there's John Rallis from up there in Canada. He was also at last year's Breeders' Crown. Uh, Twelve championship races for us this weekend, John, and uh, we got a lot of exciting races on tap. And, uh, you know, you teased us earlier today, hopefully a couple of upsets maybe from you. Yeah, hopefully we can provide some upsets. Uh, last year's Breeders' Crown was fun uh, getting to be there in uh, person, showing Mike around. I was making sure Mike got out of uh, Mohawk okay because, uh, you know, he, he walked out with a boatload after Ammo got the job done. So I was just literally making sure that he got back to his uh, rental car safe and sound. We were just talking about that today. That was fun. Yeah, 50 to 1, baby. Ray Mike, Gatolo. I can still hear you. Ray Gatolo's there below me, and uh, Ray, uh, yeah. obviously, all the media stuff he does, I'm sure has something interesting to say about the 27 limbs last weekend. Definitely a record. Eliminations in every single division. Yeah, hold on. I, I, need, I need to put everyone up my shirt first so I can get good audio that I don't have to touch. There we go. Yeah, 27 eliminations. Uh, each one uh, the same as the last, pretty much. Uh, I think the toughest thing, especially what we're going to talk about tonight, is discerning. Uh, or try, trying to uh, gleam information from those eliminations that might hint us towards uh, some outside outcomes for a bunch of weird finals. It's always strange when it comes to Hoosier Park. I mean, without Hoosier Park, how do we have Sam between my toes win and beat Tall Dark Stranger? I don't know. Speaking of uh, upsets upcoming this weekend, their bottom right-hand corner, Derek Givner, the editor of DRF Harness. who has Wait, he's upset? He's an esteemed voter in the top 10 poll from the Hamiltonian Society, and we know he is going to be voting for It's My Show number one after this weekend's a three-year-old cold pace final. I'm not even sure if It's My Show's in my top 10 right now. Um, I, I'm still, like, I don't know what to do. I'm way too close to Rick at all. Way too close. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think that's what Derek's more upset about than anything, not long shots or anything like that. It's just there's a proximity issue on this panel already, and I'm – it's hot in here, but I'm already feeling like it's going to get heated. Tonight. So his table looks nice and neat today. It looks like he's, he's all in. You know. Yeah, this is this is incredible. I got everything. I got uh, my color-coordinated race programs. I, I went through each elimination, and every horse is coordinated by their limb. I got scotch tape. Uh, I got some gas relief pills in case things get a little wild later. You know what I mean? And uh, screwdrivers. No mute button, but thankfully I have Neil Simon's autobiography for all that are wondering later on in the show. Uh, we might read an excerpt or two. Great man, Neil Simon. Uh, Bill, Bill Loxy Blues, whatever that thing is called. 
fabulous. So 12 championship breeders crown races always take us a while to talk through all these races. Now a third year of, of doing these round tables with breeders crown. So that's why we, we said earlier this afternoon, Ray Catola to rein it in and not uh, the extraneous Ray ism. So we're all okay. Five start, four minutes in. I have Nintendo switch if I get bored <laughs> or you guys just say, I need to stop talking. We will. Yes, Ray, you can quit talking now as we will just jump right away into these races. So uh, the championships on Friday, it's kind of we kind of mirror the Breeders' Cup, right, for the thoroughbreds, the future stars Friday, the two year olds on that Friday card. We have the olders on the Saturday card and uh, a $40,000 guaranteed pick four pool starts in the, the 10th race on Friday. And there's a lot of other guarantees. So, Jacob, hopefully you've got the information ready for us. And, uh, you know, looking at the website, I know there's a lot of, of great hospitality tents, a lot of ticket opportunities. So for anybody that wants to come to the Breeders' Crown, and for those of us wagering at home, give us the rundown on, on everything going on this weekend out there. Yeah, so we will still have some spots on the property that will be free admission. We'll have the apron, lower level of the grandstand, as well as the terrace area in the grandstand. Those will all be free admission. With that said, if you want a guaranteed seat, uh, we do have tickets available for the grandstand seats as well as the bedding carols. And then outside, we do have that Global Tote VIP experience tent. Looking forward to that. That should be a really nice place. Uh, Emily and I were actually just down there checking it out uh, just before I hopped on here. Really cool spot, just like we did in 2017. So looking forward to that. Still have tables available to that. In fact, I can give everyone a discount code, too, if they'd like it. It's a BCBC23 if you're looking for tickets out there. So uh, that should be a really cool experience. With that said, getting to the guaranteed wagers part, we have a locked and loaded card both nights. 15 races both nights. Uh, looking forward to that. We are going to start early uh, both nights for us. It'll be 6 p.m. first post, both Friday and Saturday. Guarantees for the Friday night card, $10,000 $10, guaranteed early pick five, races one through five. $20,000 guaranteed pick four in race seven. $40,000 guaranteed pick four on those four Breeders' Crown races starting race 10. Then we'll end the night with $15,000 guaranteed high five. On Saturday night, we up it a little bit with those eight championship races. $15,000 guaranteed early pick five in races one through five. $20,000 pick four in race seven. And then we'll have a $10,000 guaranteed pick eight on all eight of those championship races. $40,000 pick four on the last four races of the night. $25,000 guaranteed Superfecta in race 14, the open trot. Then we'll end the night with the $20,000 guaranteed Hoosier High Five there in the open pace as we wrap up the 2023 Breeders Crown. So some great pools out there. And yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to the Saturday card, but the Meadows did it a couple of times this year. I particularly love those 20 cent pick eights. That might be my new favorite lesser used wager. But uh, race 10, Friday night to jump right into this $40,000 guaranteed pool on that pick four sequence, all four of the championship races that we're going to talk about right now. Starting with that two-year-old Philly Trot final, $700,000, and they're giving her buy around, drawing impression, Warwick Michelle. They're the three of limb winners. Now, what about Soiree Hanover? She took the buy. What do you think from experience? Is it an advantage, a disadvantage to take the buy? And she does get the rail here in the final. Derek is muted himself, we believe, maybe. Myself. I forgot I muted myself. <laughs> Anyway, what I was saying was, I think maybe years ago might have been considered more of a disadvantage than it does now. I mean, I'd rather the horse have more than, I think it's one start in six weeks. But I think we've seen a lot of these trainers, especially the foreign trainers who bring these horses off playoffs, like Aki Svonstead, and the horses race great off playoffs. So I don't think, it, you know, I think the horses are conditioned more, in some ways, thoroughbred style now than they were years ago so i don't think it you know makes that much of a difference well that said how how are you handicapping this first championship race this was the toughest race 
of the 12 races for me. Are you really? This yeah. one? I looked through, I went through every, I started with this race, I went through all of them, and then I came back to this race and I had all of them handicapped and I was back looking at this one again, watching replays again, trying to figure out where I was going to go. I, I, I don't trust buy around. Um, I think the horse needs the right trip to win. Um, I'm not quite sure what kind of trip Suari Hanover is going to get from the inside. I, I don't really love that post here. Uh, I think Jordan Impressions got a big shot, but you know, still is a question mark. So I think there's a bunch of horses that can win. I'll cut it short and go. I went with Chap Armbro. Uh, I went back. What? I went with Chap Armbro. This is probably one of the few really big long shots I'm going to pick out of the 12 races. I love the elimination effort. If you go back and watch, even after the horse was passed was still coming on at the end, you know, you know, stayed on very gamely, has raced well from off the pace as well. So, you know, there's multiple styles. So it's only has four career starts, four starts. So there's still, I think, some room for this horse to grow. And uh, I just think that I don't want any favorites in this race. I, I want to have a long shot on my ticket. And that's the one I think has the best chance. I'm absolutely dumbfounded because this is the very first race I looked at and never would I have said that this horse I have a sneaking suspicion on is Derek Givner's big bomb play. That's I, I, I'm amazed that we're falling in the same camp there because I, I saw the exact same thing. I, I It was incredibly interesting to see, for one, Dexter put Chap Armbro on the lead because she was coming in off that uh, – tightening race at Lexington where she was tr racing from off the speed for the first time and she came home okay the only place she was bad in that race was on the last turn and then when she got passed by Warwe War Michelle you don't really see two-year-olds hold like she did at the same time Swanstead put the whip away Warwe Michelle had that race measured so I don't really know how deeply to read that but I, I I'm surprised that Kibner and I are on the same page with that. I think Suarez Hanover has a good chance in this race too, but I, I I'm of agreement that this is a race you could absolutely justify a horse like that, or even Chapelonia, who I think is going to be everyone's big wise guy horse when she was bursting through in the Olympics. Yeah, the the one thing I didn't like about Chapelonia and why I didn't go that way, let's say, is because people are going to look at that and they're going to bet the horse I think a little bit harder because it looks like oh that horse is loaded and had a lot of traffic, so I didn't want to go that way. I do like Suarez Hanover. That's why I picked second in the race. I like Jordan Impression. That's why I picked third. I would definitely go a little deeper if I'm playing at pick four with, in this particular leg. But I'm gonna, I would take a shot with Chef Armbro. I really think the horse might have more than people expect here, and people aren't going to be on the horse at all, you know, paramutually. All right, Mike, you've been critical of me towards Canadian horses, so you have to be giving me drawn impression in this race then, right? I am. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think that she has the most talent. I think that she's going to be a bigger price than a lot of these horses. She'll definitely bigger, be bigger than the one, the two, uh, the four, I would think. Uh, and, and I think some of these other horses are going to take money. The, the uh, I think the potential's there. It's unlimited, to be honest. Uh, she was fantastic early. Uh, the Mohawk Million, you just pitched that race out. That something happened that night. She came off a six scratch. She was two to one in that race. And, uh, you know, she decided to make a break. So if I, you pitch that race out, her talent is immense. Uh, I love the the uh, the elimination that she shipped. She showed up. It was a slow race, but she was able to come off the pace and win easily. Really was never asked, I didn't think. Uh, she looks very good to me, and I think you're going to get a price. If you're looking for a long shot, why not the seven? I mean, you get Scott Zeron here. Uh, that's a big driver switch. She's right there with all these horses with fire round every week. He's 20 to one morning line. She can't help but get lost in this race with all these other horses inside taking money. 
I think she's the long shot you want in the race. I do think it's tough, but, um, you know, those are the two I like. I could see some others winning, though. I mean, there's there's cases to be made for other horses in the race, but uh, and trip's going to matter. Give me drawn impression, though, especially above four to one. Get Sierra Girl in that ticket somehow also. John, will you also be following the Canadian Connections? Yeah, I think I found this race to be – I think I agree with Derek in terms of this race. Uh, I found it tricky because I do think the inside trio are just uh, – I mean, they've all been racing exceptionally well, right? I mean, Mike touched on it with drawn impression. She – you know, they went a slow half and she was able to kick home off cover, but we shouldn't really penalize by around off that as well because she was able to, you know, kick home pretty quick despite soft fractions and get the job done. Now, she's really done no wrong. Uh, Soiree Hanover, we've already seen her miss almost a month and get the job done in between starts, right, um, uh, most recently in Lexington. So uh, she's definitely a filly that, uh, especially with an inside draw, she's going to be dangerous. But, you know, after I saw her win the peaceful way, I thought that she was probably the best, uh, you know, filly in North America was drawn impression. So... You have to think now second start, uh, you know, back from a bit of a layup. I think that she's going to be a bit tighter. Luke Lay typically sends these horses ready for the big, big money. And, uh, you know, there was a cup, a little bit of urging for Louis Wah, right? I mean, we've never really seen him ask of this filly ever in all her starts. Um, made a miscue, was battling sick with sickness going to that start. You know, they kind of made it, uh, Luke kind of made it known to me saying, you know, we'll kind of, it'll be predicated if she races based on how she feels and how she draws. I have the feeling if she drew the outside, I don't know if we would have seen her in the million. She jumped it off. It was uncharacteristic of her, but I thought she responded really well. And I, I think that she could uh, come back with a pretty good effort. I, I think that uh, for a long shot player, I think that Chapalonia is a, a solid long shot player as well. I think that one, um, you know, I thought that was a nice elimination effort. So she's a, you know, Philly that I'm going to use underneath, but I, I'm going to side with the Canadian connections and uh, I'm going to go with draw an impression here. So Jacob Mark's listening on Facebook and he says the five or the six Chapalonia, Chaparambro, maybe at prices. So, couple panelists, a couple people listening out there in Facebook land. Maybe, maybe these two are going to take a little bit of money in here along with those inside four. Yeah, I got to be honest. I kind of had my thunder stolen a little bit. I thought I was going to come in here hot with Chap Armbro, but she's my top pick in here as well. Uh, I was really impressed by that effort in the elimination. That elimination was unlike any of the other eliminations where she kind of went out and did the work. She did all the heavy lifting in that mile. And like you said, I thought she kind of dug in in the stretch as well. I was really impressed with that. Like you said, just four starts. Second start, Dexter here. Another start behind her. I think she'll be even better. And I think now there's going to be a little bit more pace to her inside for her to kind of stalk from that six hole. So I really, really like Chap Armbro. Suarez Hanover, uh, Derek kind of touched it on, on it there as well. The rail actually kind of concerns me here a little bit. She's a horse that doesn't show a whole lot of early speed. The rail's not ideal if you don't have early gate speed here at Hoosier Park. You can get buried in a hurry here, especially when the big money's on the line. If you can't get out of there, you can get buried and kind of swallowed up a little bit. So I do worry about her kind of needing to shake loose up the back stretch and get the right trip worked out. For that reason, I kind of laid it on Chet Barbro. I don't think you'll get that 15 to 1 price, but it'd sure be great if you did. All right, Mike, you should be happy. I'm finally with you. We'll take drawn impression. Okay. I want to see the Olympics. Wanted to see the limb last week. Got a chance to see that. Now, second start off this little layoff. I definitely see the talent there. And I think you're right. I think we're going to see a you know fair price winner in this final. So uh, that's the direction that I'll trend towards. And uh, yeah, I mean, Chap Armbro was, I guess, three to one against Warley Michelle, who's our morning line favorite, and finished second. So you have to figure that one may, maybe be a little shorter than 15 to one. Might be taking some money here based on the discussions we've had. But uh, Ray Catolo, race 11, the two year old Colt and Gelding of Pacers here. And uh, Captain Albano is four to five on the morning line. Now about newsroom all the way up to eight to one who started uh, six for six, but now we've seen two defeats in the last three for him. 
Yeah, this is what flummoxes me when uh, Derek says that the two-year-old Philly trot is the hardest because for every time the Breeders' Crown has been in Harris Hoosier Park, which so far it's been two times, you have good horses towards the end of the season, whether they're where they're at is whatever, but then you add in the fact that there's that open stretch that makes it just a charging line down that last eighth. It races unfold at this track differently than they unfold anywhere else and to me that's what makes handicapping these races so intriguing and potentially opens up some things to happen but in a race like the two-year-old colton gelding pace this one i have loads of question marks for instance newsroom why does this horse who clearly seems to have issues in the last 16th when going these hard early miles keep going so hard to the lead and off of that elimination where he faded to finish third and held on to third, mind you, when um, hunting uh, hu- hunting over whatever the Bongiorno horse is. It's not hunting the last dollar, but it's like hunting for Chrome, that one. That one was coming at Newsroom when it appeared he was done. And Newsroom dug in to hold him off to just make the final. So there's class there with this horse. There's speed there with this horse. I don't know what kind of trip this horse gets. I don't know what kind of trip Legendary Hanover gets from the outside because there's a part of me that thinks James has to gun him to have a shot. The horse clearly has late speed, but that late speed, like it wasn't elimination, wasn't enough for him to even get close to Captain Albano. The race seems like it's in the court for Todd McCarthy to put Captain Albano forward. And the thing that impressed me most with his elimination specifically is he didn't sit cover. He brushed to the lead. He led them around the final turn, and he strolled away under wraps. The last Every race we've seen him win has been off a pocket trip, and that was the first one where he did most of the dirty work and he disposed of his competition with ease. So for me, I think the tricky thing with this race is, for one, how do they beat Captain Albano? I'm not sure they do, uh, but for two, who fits in underneath? Because Legendary Hanover is not going to play to the 15-to-1 morning line he's on, not with that 25-and-change final quarter. I feel like Newsroom has to go a different trip. I feel like they're going to try and go a more conservative route for him. And because of that, with the class that seems there, I think he's potentially live underneath. I think Captain Luke is okay also. He kept coming at Storm Shadow. He was getting crooked in the open stretch. But every time he was able to straighten, he re-engaged. And that's the kind of handiness you don't really see from a lot of two-year-olds. So I think he's also a potentially live long shot. I don't – does anyone – I don't – does anyone here think Captain Albano can lose? I- so recapping, it's like you think Captain Albano is going to win, mm-hmm. but you like everyone else to be involved. That, that, that's that's the thing because so much of how this race unfolds depends on what these guys are going to do, and the length of that stretch at the start. Not every race. Keeps, no, it's not every race. It's not every race because at Hoosier, with that long stretch to the first turn, that gives guys. That, that makes guys more confident to try and take a shot versus like on a half mile track. If you're at Delaware, Ohio, for example, and you like a horse to the outside, you have to have fair certainty that there's a confidence there that the horse will push to go with this long stretch legendary Hanover. He could push out and take back. He could fire faster than everyone else. And that changes how this race unfolds in a second. It's tougher to map how this race goes, especially when you have horses, like I said, like newsroom, who has been racing more aggressively than I think he wants to. No one agrees? I don't like, I don't like <laughs> Newsroom at all. I, I don't. I think he's been, his last 
you know, four starts haven't been great. I mean, he, he looked dead on September 22nd, somehow found a way to win at one to nine. Then his Lexington starts were just okay. As far as I was concerned, I thought his elimination was not very good. I don't want any part of him whatsoever. I don't care what kind of trip he gets because I think he's tailing off. I, I think that he's a, a terrible, uh, you know, I want him out of the ticket completely. Um, I think captain Albano is going to get bad I and mean, he's probably three to five in the race. And, He's done very little wrong. He looks faster than these horses. He looks like he could do it any way he wants to. I, I don't really think that I'm I'm trying to beat him. I'm looking more. I, I like Legendary Hanover. I think that, you know, they waited forever to unleash this horse last time. And, and he's got to be moved a little earlier. I think he can even maybe, maybe win the race, depending on the trip and things like that. You're going to get a price. And then I thought Nuclear raced pretty well last week also. He's 30 to 1 in the morning line. I mean, he's another horse that can hit the hit the ticket, I think, at a big number. But I, I want no part of newsroom whatsoever. I really don't want Storm Shadow either. I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, he had it just, it was just too perfect for him last time. I'm, I wasn't crazy about the, the races he came out of up in Canada. Uh, he's going to be over betting the race also. So I'm trying to get those two horses out of the play. No universe nuclear out finishes newsroom. None. Okay, I, I'll I'll play whatever. I, like I, we could play horse for horse on there. You're gonna give me a little odds though. <laughs> so John, uh, got to bring you a task list because you said it privately. Now you got to put it in the public forum. You 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 were critical of this morning line. You think Legendary Hanover takes a lot more money. So lay out for us in your mind how we're gonna bet this race and how you're handicapping it, given what you think the odds will be. I really think Legendary is gonna go off as a second choice in this race, um, despite what the you know um, the lines like newsroom shows in this race. Uh, I thought it was a really impressive elimination. He's arguably one of the top Colts in North America. He's really been really, – he's raced uh, – you know, James has really raced him conservatively all year and really gotten some really solid trips on him. I really – I think the only drive that James probably wants back is in the Metro pace. I think that uh, probably – he probably wishes he moved, um, you know, legendary earlier when he did. But I don't think he thought that uh, Sylvan was going to allow Jody to clear in that Metro pace final. And, you know, just he got a typical elimination drive last time. out. He had tons of pace on the end of it. The only problem is, is Captain Albano was shut down halfway down the lane, you know, and he was just, uh, you know, unbelievable. He's been lethal. He's been the best horse I've seen qualify. Uh, he, he was my favorite out of the two-year-olds qualifying this year. Um, you know, he had one, one – his only loss is, was when he came off a six-scratch. But, you know, I think he's clearly the one to beat. I think he'll win. But you guys want to touch on the trip scenario and stuff. I don't think you want to be sitting behind Newsroom in this race, though. If Newsroom somehow finds his way to the top, I don't think you want to be behind him if you're Captain Albano, especially – considering that he does tend to fall short. If those other horses find the momentum, he might be ca caught in a, you know, in a horse that's really tiring late in the stretch, and other horses might just have to jump on him and go. I think in you saw in Lexington, it's okay to follow a horse like Newsroom because the caliber of competition that he was taking on, I mean, they, those are clearly the two best horses in the race. Sitting a two-hole trip, I mean, he, at the half, you figured that Captain Albano, if he's as good as he's shown off a target, he was going to get the job done. This is a much deeper group tonight with, you know, the likes of Better is Nice with uh, Legendary Hanover. I mean, I think Albano is clearly the one to beat. But I think if you're Todd, I think seeing that dimension of him, how good he was on the front, don't play the chance. Try and cut the smile out because I think he's got the best Colt and I hope he drives like it. Jacob, will continue throwing you the, uh, the listener comments out there. Do you think the short fields and winning conditions last week had an impact on the racing and could it lead to better prices this weekend? Yes and no. I do like we had a lot of wind last week, especially it was blowing into him down the back stretch. With that said, I do think a lot of what we saw was just elimination racing, as we've kind of discussed. I think you were going to get a lot of short field single file racing. It's just kind of how it is in these situations. So I don't think you can necessarily pin it all on the weather to a degree. Yes, but I, I don't think fully 
uh, you can just pin it on weather at all. Well, Jacob, race 11, the two-year-old Colton Gunning pace, where did you land in this race? I landed on Captain Albano in that pick four. This would be a single for me. I just thought he was much the best in his limb. Like you said, Todd put him on the front end, and he was gone around the last turn. He could have won by as much as he wanted to. He was pretty much geared down by the wire. I just thought he was much the best. He gets the two-hole. Like everyone's touched on with Newsroom, you know, we saw that for the first time in that elevation race here at Hoosier Park when he came here where I thought he was beat at the top of the stretch. And I, they all just kind of lined up to take their shots at him. He dug in and got there to the line. Then he just wasn't able to do that in Lexington and the Bluegrass. I think if you're looking for maybe a little bit of an outside price, I think maybe you look at Boston Rocks. I think he's one that kind of interests me, especially if we get a hot pace early. They put him on the front end as a limb. He didn't seem to like that very much. They raced him from off a helmet at Lexington, and I thought both starts there were really good, including the close finish, uh, close runner up to Newsroom, where he just couldn't quite get by him in the stretch. Same thing, finished second to better is nice in the bluegrass. So I think if you're looking for a bigger price underneath Captain Albano, if you're kind of just going that single route with him, maybe you look at Boston Rocks, but I thought Captain Albano was much the best here. All right, Derek, Mike is listening to us on YouTube, and how about this for the bold prediction? How about Captain Luke? 0 for 9 could get his first career win in a Breeders' Crown final. That, that's probably yeah, something that doesn't happen too often, right? Yeah, I think that uh, we should be taking action from, uh, from that captain. <laughs> I, I, I agree with everyone else. I, I Basically, I don't see how Captain Albano is going to lose the race. I think he's been awesome just about every start. I think you can make a case that his last start was maybe his best. I mean, he was completely shut down. I think there was a lot more in the tank there, and uh, – I just don't see who's going to beat the horse here. And the problem I have more is like, I don't really love anyone for second. So I don't know, you know, who I would, I do like legendary Hanover, but you know, as to what he did last week, I don't know that there's going to be great value there playing a two nine exacta. You know, I, I guess if it's paying 12 or more, it's not awful, but you know, th there's just nothing I like underneath. So I'll just key him in the pick four and, Maybe maybe we'll get lucky and we'll get like three to five. I would take three to five on Captain Almano. That's how much I like him. You could get that. Well, Murray listening out on YouTube uh, says no love or better is nice. So I guess that's the direction that he's going to go to. But uh, you know, so so Mike, you 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 and Ray are going to get some sort of nuclear newsroom head to head bet going. I want to head to head with John on betting odds of newsroom versus legendary Hanover. I, I think newsroom's a clear second choice. I, I think they choose to come back for him. I mean. I know he's defeated. I understand from our perspective what we're saying about how he looks, but I just think people are going to look at those lines. I still think they come back from from the rail versus litter. I, I think he takes money, and I'm with everyone else, obviously, with Captain Albano. But, uh, yeah, I think three to five would be a realistic number only because I think newsrooms are going to take money. I think Better is Nice will take some money off of that line. Storm Shadow, I mean, we've kind of learned in the past the limb winners usually take some form of money. I mean, he was five to two in the favorite and a limb for a reason. And Legendary Hanover, even from the outside post, is definitely going to take some. So I think there's some money to go around in that 11th race as we uh, will flip our way to race 12. And, John, we'll go to you here for the two-year-old Billy Pacers and uh, an undefeated horse looking to stay undefeated, nine for nine for Geocentric, and she remain undefeated in this Breeders' Crown Final. Yeah, that was probably the like the worst I've probably seen Geocentric, I would say, or the least impressive. But at the end of the day, she also was shut down halfway down the lane as well. Uh, but this is a much tougher group. Now she takes on all these Phillies here in the final. She draws the best, but I think you have to try and go price shopping here because you think there are going to be Phillies taking their shot and, uh, you know, pass line is going to take her shot. There's going to be, it's a love thing trying to take her shot. Uh, I really thought that I think it's all going to depend on maybe where the outside Phillies get away because uh, I really liked Blue Pacific last week in that elimination. Um, uh, I really thought that she was the one to beat in there. I figured pass line would take the most support, which she did, but 
Never really found a seam late in the mile. I haven't seen a level of urgency from Dave Miller driving um, Blue Pacifica, truth be told. I think that it's just been a lot of measured races for him. I mean, he's just been losing He's just been losing to Phillies who are clearly out sprinting her. She can go quick, but she's always in a bad spot. Turning home for Lexington, the, the Philly, whoever's on the lead, she's sitting third, and Dave pulls her top of the lane, and she just can't go by. Like She's losing to Phillies that are talented, but again, she's kind of in a disadvantageous spot, right? So I think from an outside draw... I'm going to take a shot with her for value because I really do think that uh, this is this is probably a race where you want to take your shot at Geocentric uh, while she's the best. I still think there's some other value. And I think you can't ignore my girl, EJ. I think that she's, uh, you know, proven to be quite a nice filly. You know, she did it off the pace last time, kicked home in uh, sub-26. So I know they draw the outside, unfortunately, but I think those are the two you want to take a shot with. And, and maybe you can catch a, a Geocentric who's, who's tiring a little bit maybe towards the end of the year. Well, John, uh, Kevin Plowcher wants in on that legendary Hanover Newsroom odds bet, and uh, Kevin usually loves to go against me, so that means he's probably with your side on that, so I guess I'm taking both your actions. But, uh, Mike, geocentric, beatable? I, I think so. I, I like my girl EJ a lot. I, I think that she's she's adding a new dimension. Uh, it seemed like she was uncontrollable maybe early this year and, and uh, liked to be up front. And even you know up at, at Woodbine, she was trying to be – uh, up close, pretty much last time was able to sit back and forth and and make a, a twenty five and three kick. Now, obviously, Geocentric won that race and and had the jump, but maybe she doesn't have the jump this time. Maybe you know that my girl EJ can get that sort of trip again and and be live in the lane. And you're gonna have, I mean, she was two to one versus Geocentric last time. She's gonna be seven eight to one in this race, I think. Now, especially given her post, uh, a lot of money will come for the favorite. Pass line will take money also. I think that that uh, Blue Pacific takes money. Uh, that they a lot of people saw that you know a little bit of trouble that that she had in, the, and I think she's going to take money in the race. I think my girl gets EJ gets lost, and uh, she rates a chance. Now, can she beat the favorite? I don't know, but I, I'm going to want her. I think in the stretch, especially if you're getting six to one, seven to one, eight to one on her. Uh, she's she's one that can really blow up some multis, especially if you beat this horse. A lot of people, a lot of tickets run through the favorite here. So I, I like my girl EJ. And I do have a little bit of a soft spot for It's a Love thing. I, I think she needs a trip, uh, but she's 30 to 1 morning line. She's not impossible here. That that she's a great lady up at, uh, at Mohawk was, that was a huge race. I mean, she was really good at that point. Last week, made an early move with her. She was bet in, you know, in this elimination. Now, she got tired. She needs a trip. Uh, but I, I think that she's interesting at a huge number if she can get that trip. So those would be my two in there. Well, Jacob, uh, I'm sure Ray will correct me if I'm wrong on this, but in the 2020 Breeders' Crown at Hoosier Park, I believe we have one horse undefeated on the season coming into that Breeders' Crown, and that was, of course, uh, Party Girl Hill, who was defeated uh, in that uh, by Peaky Sneaky in that final. So geocentric, putting the perfect record on the line, Hoosier Park in a Breeders' Crown. Yeah, this long stretch has definitely gotten its fair share of undefeated horses, and we saw that, as I said, with Party Girl Hill in 2020. With that said, I was actually pretty impressed by Geocentric in the elimination. I thought she was pretty dominant. I know my girl EJ was flying at her late, but I thought Timmy had Geocentric pretty well geared down by the wire. So I didn't mind that. The one I was going to be interested had they drawn better was Blue Pacific, who we talked about at that stage. She drew the nine hole. I didn't quite like that, but she did have some pace in the stretch. She just had nowhere really to go with it. Um, she is our track record holder here for the two-year-old Philly Pacer. She set that in the Kentuckiana, that 150-2 mark, so she gets over the track well. Like I said, just from nine the nine hole, I couldn't quite pull the trigger on that. I did have to go with Geocentric in here. I think she stays perfect. Derek? 
Yeah, I like geocentric. It's interesting, you know, hearing people say that, you know, maybe geocentric didn't put in a, you know, her best race. But when I was talking to Tim Tietrich about the horse, he said he thought that was her best race of the year in the elimination. And uh, if he you would go probably back, know more than us. If you go and look, her 51 mile was faster than the three-year-olds went on the same night. So that's something to take into consideration. You know, I think that she's got, you know, more in the tank than we even saw the previous week. And I think these horses are all up against it. I do think it's a quality bunch. I think past line, my girl, EJ, Blue Pacific are all quality horses. And, you know, those are the three most likely horses to finish behind her. But I think Geocentric is going to get the job done. Perfect sting, Ed. Perfect Sting was undefeated and oh, stayed yeah. undefeated when he dead heated with summa cum laude. Well, Ray, uh, can we get some love for Pass Line? Is anybody going to talk about the other limb winner? No, no. <laughs> I, I, I don't like her at all. I am surprised that this filly who has been as explosive in the stretch that uh, she has been up in Canada even had to see Yannick Gingras whip. That perturbed me on her. So that uh, compared to Geocentric, where Timmy, if I recall, said he just had to not fall off. Um, I think Geocentric has the advantage on that, unless Timmy's hands are feeling a little noodly, and he's not going to be able to keep a good grip. I have good trust in Timmy that he'll be able to hold on. Uh, that said, I don't have really anything else extravagant to offer. Uh, you know, Everyone saw Blue Pacific in that elimination, and John explained it the exact way I would. It, she has had a campaign that almost seems pointed to this race in particular. Six starts through them each start. He's let her get into the race, let her chase the targets she wants to. If she doesn't get there, they're not going to overextend her. And the only issue is that post. But at the same time, that post could give a bit of a better price for a horse that otherwise is a wise guy elimination trip. But what trip does she get here now? What does she get now? That's the interesting thing, right? Because it seems like she can get off the gate a little bit, but I feel like in most cases she gets away anywhere between fifth and seventh, tries to get into the race second over. And at that point, I imagine Geocentric is probably going to be positioned forward. So it's going to be a race for second. She's going to get parked is what's going to happen to her. That's what the problem is going to be here. There, there's no way they're letting her in. And she's going to get parked, and then she's going to have to go forward, and then the race blows up. That's what I think. I I, I don't necessarily think that's a, that is the most likely scenario. It's I agree. Unlikely. I agree with what you said though in the stretch about my girl EJ because when it comes to a final quarter sprinter, it seems that she's probably the swiftest in the field. And I also agree with what you said about it's a love thing because that was a, that was such an uncharacteristic performance she threw in in the elimination that you could only chalk up to her being put on the lead early and the lead being a weird place for the two-year-olds, uh, especially on the, that elimination night. Uh, it, it, it's a strange race underneath. It's one of those races where you, Geocentric has given herself such a high ceiling and we're expecting her to reach some semblance of that. And with that kind of imagination, I don't know where everyone else lies in. It's a race where I, if anything, you'd want to try and get an exacta or something and just try and throw any of these longer price horses in for second. Any of them. Did anyone watch the limb last week and think that my girl EJ was going to pass Geocentric? If there was another eighth of a mile, you really thought that she was getting to her? 
But that's no, but not the point know. that she was getting there then. She could get there this time, and she's going to be a better price. Like I, I mean, yeah, she wasn't getting there last week, but they're paying this week. So to to, to me, mean, it's more. You look at all these horses. She can come home in twenty five. I think only one other horse can. So no matter where she is, she should be getting there to be involved. And she's I think been close that, to that this favor before, also. I mean, she's probably been the closest. So and I could sit here and give one to five shots all day, but that doesn't, I mean, like I'm, you know, I'm trying to give prices. Like I don't, you know, nobody needs me to give one to five shots here. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? As Murray adds on YouTube, EJ was fantastic in the eight hole Pocono a while back. And, uh, yeah, that's the direction I went to as well uh, behind Geocentric. I think Geocentric takes care of business. Pass line is our pretty clear second choice in the morning line. We'll see how that pans out based on, on our discussions here. Uh, but Michael EJ is the one that I think I'll take for second underneath based on what we've discussed here. Blue Pacific was one that uh, I, like John, like heading into last week's of limbs, but I, I share the same concerns with Mike. I'm not sure where our trip looks like there from post eight, post nine. I just think Michael EJ, even from the outside post as well, is just going to be a little bit more capable of, of getting that to, to ultimately work out in the end. But uh, race 13 finishes out the Friday action. Kevin Clausen says that's the interesting thing is Ray's new catchphrase. That, that's that's the new take a shot every time Ray says the thing is late, okay? Uh, Mike, race 13, two-year-old Colton Gelding Trot. Carl, TCI, we get the matchup we've waited for. Once again, they put on a show in Lexington. Presumably, we're going to get another one Friday night. Yeah, I'm going to go Carl. Um, I think it's one or the other, right? Uh, the other horses seem a little overmatched. Um yeah, I, I um I just think that he's gonna be in front. So they'll make an early move with him. TCI, I mean, has proven that, you know, he's only lost one race. He even overcame that break in the Mohawk million somehow. I don't know how. Um, you know, and I think he might be overrated because of that a little bit. But I mean he beat Carl last time. This is not I don't think it's a great race to bet. Uh you probably need both of them on your tickets if you're finishing Maltese. If you want to get brave, I would single to one. Um and and then, you know, who knows? I mean, are you trying to beat one of them out of the exacta? If you do, why not the determination horse? I thought that horse raced pretty well last week. Should get a similar trip now behind those two horses battling him out. Uh, I think it's it's probably a version of that. So, um, again, not a great betting race. I'll try Carl, hoping that he's his talent and, uh, you know, he's he's the one that they have to run down. They have to chase and catch, and that'll give him the advantage. See, now it's, it's Carl versus TCI for most people. We keep Ray Catolo on this panel for one reason, one reason only. I know Ray is thinking in his head, is Security Protected going to hold the lead in late stretch? Or gosh, is Wild Ticket actually going to get there and make up those seven and a half lengths from last week? You have the right idea, but the entirely wrong scenario. But before before I talk about it, I'm curious. Derek, when I sent you my horses for the, the DRF insert that's going to be available uh, for Breeders' Crown picks, did you see my horses for the Tiro Colt Trot and go what? You know what? I actually, I, I didn't notice that particular race as being, you know, out of whack. But what I did notice is you picked a lot more favorites than I would have expected. <laughs> I, I have a lot more favorites on top because, you know, quite honestly, I give a lot of them respect on this card. And it's tough for me to gauge which ones I think are going to be able to fall. There's only one race where I feel tried and true go against the favorite. I think there are a ton of live long shots on this card. And I think this race opens the door for some because i think carl might break i it's a wild thing to handicap and he to never get. has i okay. but he does get very steppy he gets incredibly mm -hmm. steppy 
And the more I watch him, the more that he reminds me of Mission Brief in every way he moves over the ground. And when you go back to that matchup he had with TCI in the stretch, the steps especially came in when he was under pressure. He faced no pressure in the elimination. He was able to carry that speed through, even though he got a little fumbly through the stretch. He got there. I think the pressure mounts in this race specifically, and the only way to make any money here is go TCI and throw some bombs in underneath. You might actually get paid trying to beat Carl out of the ticket, and there's there's a chance he could he could be as great as he is and hold everything together because he does look like he has a lot of class to him. He was able to hold it together at Lexington. I think Greenspan comes in off an interesting elimination. He was one of the only horses gaining ground against Carl, and through his campaign, he's been sneaky. He closed well at Lexington to finish fourth behind Dame Good Time, uh, was seventh but closed in 27 and change, went in a tough position uh, in the Peter Houghton Memorial against TCI, and that was from a tough spot. He's coming into this race okay. I think situationship blasts, or at least tries to go forward from that outside post. There's a chance he's going to be like 90 to 1 or something like that. And in a race like this where I'd be betting on pure chaos, you bet I'm going to throw a horse like situationship into the exacta, into the trifecta. Because I, I think there's a realm of possibility. The worst thing that happens is that I'm wrong. I think that's an okay bet. Jacob? Yeah, I pretty much agree with what everyone else has said. I think it's a two-horse race, and if you're looking to get creative, it can be a tough thing to do in this race. I did put PCI over Carl uh, just because I think he's a little bit more versatile than Carl, and as I said, I think Carl gets a little bit steppy when he really needs to put the pedal down, and that makes me a little bit nervous, especially if you're coming out of these kind of tight turns here at Hoosier Park. I could see a situation where maybe Carl loses it on the front end under pressure from TCI, so... I did put TCI on top. I think if you're looking to get kind of creative underneath, we do have two Indiana horses. We know the Sujit Park Oval well. Uh, one of those being Dashing Danny, who I actually really like, maybe underneath to get a piece of this. A uh, little bit of homerism here. But with that said, Kyle Wilfong's the guy who will put a horse into play if he thinks he has any shot whatsoever. You're racing for $700,000. Why not? Jeff Colfer spent quite a bit of money to purchase this horse kind of midway through the season from the Indiana Sire Stakes. I actually got started on the Indiana Fair Circuit. He's best when he's on or near the lead. Raced huge in that super final where he just got tracked down by Musk Fantastic Late. I think he's a horse maybe you throw a third or fourth in trifectas and superfectas if you're looking for a bomb underneath. But I think it's a two-horse race, and I went TCI on top. Now, Derek, we talk about how Carl's gait has been off, and we see him kind of get a little fumbly, a little steppy there. But the, the, the past performances show, for those looking at home, TCI is the only one that's made a break, and that was, of course, in the Mohawk Million Final where he made the recovery to win anyway. But is that a concern for him? I think it's a fair point to say that the TCI is the only one to show a break and Carl has it. And what's also interesting is that you listen to like trainer Nancy Tactor talk about how good his gait is, Carl. And then you watch him and you don't see as good of a gait, though I think that his gait was much better in the Breeders' Crown elimination than it was at the Red Mile. So maybe whatever it was that was bothering him has been corrected, you know, whatever little ouchy thing he might have going on. I really can't separate Carl and TCI. Um, I I feel equally about them. I don't feel strongly about one or the other. I'm picking TCI, but not because I love him. I do like Greenspan a little bit. I, I think he raced well. I think there's room for improvement. Though when you read a quote for, from trainer Jim Campbell that says, I, I was going to turn him out, but he, I wasn't even going to race him. The owner wanted to race. It doesn't <laughs> inspire me with confidence to run to the windows, of course. 
John, I was very happy to get my even money on TCI over Carl, and I think it might be that way around again. I think Car- Carl might be the favorite, so I will once again try to cash in my TCI money. But how would you go in the 13th? You know what? I think because TCI got the job done over Carl, I do think you're going to see him probably go off as the uh, slight favorite. But, you know, Mike touched on TCI being overrated after that Mohawk million. See, I, I disagree big time after that race. I thought he was a bit overrated prior to that effort because I just kept thinking, Man, this trotter's coming home in 28 seconds every week and nobody can beat him. Like, nobody's <laughs> fast enough to, to get to him. And, and I just said, oh, you know, wait till he faces. I just kept saying, wait till he takes on Carl. Wait till he takes on Carl. Well, makes a miscue in the Mohawk Millen. And I said, you know, I did overrate. And he still sweeps the field. And I said, you know what? Maybe I didn't give this guy enough respect. And uh, you guys touch on it, obviously. Carl looks like he's just ready to, to blow up uh, when he gets any pressure. Right? I just He's not the smoothest trotter as it looks like if Yannick just asks him to go. He's ready to jump it off. I will say, you know, that break, it is fair to say because he did break, but that night I do remember, I do recall uh, Dave Miller telling me in the interview that they added a, a mini bit to him scoring down and he was fussing without, a, you know, hanging out of a line or, or whatnot. So I do rem- recall him mentioning that. So he was just fussing around. That was just one of those things where he was a bit bothered by it and, and clearly it hasn't been an issue since. I'm more so interested to see the kind of trip that he gets, right? Again, I touched on it before and I, I would always bring it up to Mickey Burke and Dave Miller the back and forth about the trips that TCI would always get off the pace or cutting the mile. Uh, he's proven to be able to do both. Um, so that's going to be the biggest thing is what kind of trip is he going to get, especially with Carl drawing the rail and kind of we've seen him just get a little bit steppy. Is he really going to want to push out on that first turn too, too hard? Uh, I'm not really sure, but uh, I'm going to lean TCI here. And uh, just he's really done no wrong all year. All right, well, that is our Friday business taken care of, so let's move on to Saturday. Saturday's eighth race, so the eight championship races will be the final eight races on the card there. Hoosier Park will finish out with race 15, the open pace. But first order business to start tonight, Jacob, in the championship races is the open mare trot. And, uh, you know, Jiggy Jog took a couple defeats there to MM's dream, but uh, she surely looked much, much better in these uh, last two starts, and especially the limb last week coming into this week's final. Yeah, it's kind of two mares going in two different directions where it seems like Jiggy Jog's kind of rounded back to that top form that we saw early in the year when she won the graduate. MM's Dream, she's just kind of tailed off just slightly a little bit. It hasn't looked quite the same. MM's Dream obviously has the experience here at Hoosier Park. She swept the Indiana Sire Stakes last year, all eight legs and the final. She took that next step from three to four and proved she's a Grand Circuit mare. And at her very best, she's one of the best mares. Uh, with that said, I think Jiggy Jog's a single in here all day to kick off that pick eight or any other sequence you want to use her in. She was dominant in that elimination. Once, As soon as Dexter done asked her, she was gone. I got a good look at her in the winner's circle. That was the first time I'd seen her up close, and she is just as athletic and beautiful as it could be. Just everything you'd want in a trotting mare, I, I think she's hand, or hands down the best in here. John, I know you said uh, you, you were trying to go against favorites in this card, and you, you hinted that this was one that you didn't think you could go against. No, I couldn't. Jiggy Jog just looks like, uh, you know, especially with the way Eminem's dream has really raced the last, uh, you know, couple starts. I think that there's obviously cause for concern. Um, she's gone some big miles, obviously. You know, she, she went that big mile over at Delaware, and she hasn't really looked uh, the same since then. Back on home turf last time out, you thought she would probably get the job done, and she got all the respect in the world. You don't want to leave a, a race to a sprint, right? I mean, anybody can get beat, and she got beat by Refine. But, I mean, Jiggy Jog, I mean, just her brush move and just the way she opened up, she's uh, she's clearly the one to beat in here. I just I think the only way is to just get creative with some, some exactors and hope that uh, MM's dream can, you know, can get beat. Uh, maybe a Derek Castle, I don't think she's obviously the deepest mare, but maybe she can do enough to trip herself out and just uh, 
stick around. So she's probably one that I'm going to look at it. And maybe even Marvie Zinia being able to kind of close uh, for a big share. But I, I just don't see a scenario in which uh, Jiggy Jaw gets beat. Well, Joe is chiming in on Facebook and says he likes Refined. And I know Ray Catolo does as well. So there's a go for the other limb winner, Ray. Refined. Oh, man. I got uh, Doug, my Venmo is open whenever <laughs> you want to give me back that money. But uh, look. I watched Jiggy Jog in the elimination. Refined raced by in the elimination. She got by MM's Dream, who was coming in off a race in Lexington where she clearly wasn't 100%. I don't know if maybe the first start on Lasix, maybe she'll be better in the second start back on Lasix. Um, or if it was just a long stretch and Refined just got... I, I, I don't know. We could conjecture all day long. I... I didn't even see Dexter ask Jiggy Jog. It looked like she just went without him having to tell her at all. And she did that in 25 and two. Uh, I don't, she could have drawn anywhere on the gate. I don't think there's a horse even close to her echelon that is lining up on the gate or even is the one that's behind the gate. Cause let's remember Ed, uh, the 10 horse starts in the second tier at Harris Hoosier park. Uh, I think, I think John touched on it where the most likely outcome where you can try and maybe make some money is to Rob Reed's, just jubilation. Warwizinia might be able to get second. I, I I thought she looked fine. She looked good in the elimination. Tietrich really didn't ask her, and she just kept gaining ground there to finish third. Uh, she just has to be that well-behaved, and maybe she can get second because I haven't been left with any kind of positive impression on MM's dream, but there's still I have an inkling she's going to race better this week than she did in her elimination, but – She's going to take play, and right now there's room for you to maybe make some money to go against her because you can at least argue that she might be regressing. So, Derek, every year, especially Breeders' Crown time, always get the thoroughbred friends, people that don't really know racing that well, that are always going to look at this program and text me and ask me, wait, isn't Refined a decent bet? Because, look, she went four-fifths of a second faster than Jiggy Jog. So give us the good, like, times irrelevant talk. Uh, I, I don't think times are relevant, but I think what is relevant is class, and I don't think she has the class that Jiggy Jog has as far as, you know, horses go. I, there's really not a lot to talk about here. I mean, Jiggy Jog is going to win. That's it. Well, you know, I'm not going to go as far as I'm not going to go as far as Chris Russo did on Sirius Radio and say I'm going to quit my job if Jiggy Jog loses. <laughs> but Jiggy Jog is going to win this race. I mean, if you don't want to take the cold exacto with MM's Dream, which will probably pay $7 or somewhere around there, if you don't want to go that route, I like Raised by Lindy a little. I think there's an outside chance that Scott Zero will gun out Raised by Lindy, you know, get into position and perhaps complete what could be a $28 exacto. Uh, as much as I, I love those 20 cent pick eights, $10,000 guaranteed pool, Jiggy Jog, we're going to start with that as a single on that ticket for me, Mike as well as most other people, it would appear. Yeah, you know, Derek mentioned class, and if you look back on September 9th, where Jiggy Jog was, that was the uh, the international trot for a million bucks, losing to, to Vivid Wise. Not exactly any Vivid Wises in this race. Uh, when Jiggy Jog lost MM Stream, really, she was given no chance the way she was driven. Uh, and you look at Refined, look at that Dayton race. Uh, yeah, Refined was 50-1 to 1 in that race. Jiggy Jog was 2-5. to 5. So uh, I don't really think that there's any... Uh, issue here uh, with her winning as long as she's herself she'll win I I do I do like a Derek Castle a little though like John said 
Only because, you know, she's capable if she shows up. If you look at that Delaware race on September 21st, uh, that was a huge race that she went. She has the speed, finished second to, to Jiggy Jug in the elimination. The fact that she's here says that she's good. And, uh, you know, she's made over a million dollars. I mean, she's got a lot of class to her. I think she's an interesting exacto partner, especially if you're not crazy about MM Stream, and I'm not. I mean, she's supposed to win that race last week. Home turf, easy middle half, and she still found a way to lose. Uh, so, yeah, give me... Uh, give me something in the exact, uh, like a dare castle. Um, you know, I think that you can get some value. See, look at that, Ray. We taught Mike so much about European racing this year. He's out here talking about the international trot and European forms. I'm so much on the Swedish shows this year. <laughs> and here, I don't hear you screaming green machine. Oh, no, that, that's, coming, that's coming. That's coming. That's coming. Yeah. That's coming. Oh, okay. So Derek race nine th Thanks, Ray. You ruined it. Race nine, the three-year-old Philly trot. The one special way, the two bond, the man in green, the mean machine, King Oka, King Oka, which Oka will it be? Bond? I mean, I was kind of surprised when I saw this morning line. So Bond was three to five and <laughs> teacher with special way was five to two. I just don't see that at all. I mean, Bond could go off the favorite, but it's going to be more like six to five and seven to five or even money in six to five. I don't think there's going to be that kind of discrepancy. And if there is, you know what? I can get five to two in special way. I will come off the bond bandwagon and go onto the special way bandwagon for the five to two price. Um, I think it's these two. There's really, I mean, there are other horses in here that I think could get a piece, you know, and, and maybe if one of them has an issue, can do something. Heaven Hanover, I think, is an interesting horse. We've seen that she can go the type of mile that it would take to be involved here. Whether or not she can beat one of them, I don't know. Uh, Rose Run Yolanda is a horse that I could definitely see Yannick gunning off the gate and trying to go right to the front um, and taking command early and, you know, getting a good piece of it. But I think you're looking at either Bond or Special Way. I went with Bond. I think she's been more reliable and, and has a, a better form. I mean, even last week, Special Way looked great, but she looked great in 155. Will she look just as good in 152 or 151? I need to see it before I take seven to five on it. Well, the the other thing too, you compare that she got a couple taps of the whip to get going. I don't even think Ock really cued Bond that much. Just kind of went right by Rayleigh something, and zoomed away. It might have been a more contentious race though, because you'll see Rayleigh something adds Lasix for this race here because she had a little bit of a bleed. To which Ron Burke said, "You know, maybe she's been bleeding all along. We don't know." I think that's a fun quote. Uh, I'm kind of curious, though, with the 10 Rayleigh something on on Lasix now. I think she might be interesting underneath, as is Rose Run Yolanda, who, to what Derek said. Uh, from what I can gather, she 100% is leaving the gate. Going to try and sit forward and do whatever she can. So she should be live in this race. But, I mean, I, there, I don't see how anyone can watch those eliminations and think special way is worth even 5-2 to two against Bond. I, I, I think you would need... Five to one on special way, just given what she's coming into this race off versus Bond, who has had all this time to condition and has been proving and just getting tighter and tighter with each week. Hey, John, if, if you wanted to bet, I think he was the favorite plus 600 on Victor Wembanyama to be the leading blocks uh, in the NBA this year. He's already got one in the first two minutes. There you go. It might be one of the most impactful rookies we've seen in quite some time immediately, but that's besides the point. Uh, I think that uh, 
you know what though like ray what's what's the even use of maybe comparing fitness to to bond in special way when we've seen oka being able to bring um you know horses uh, who have missed so much time and, and have such an immediate impact too right i mean i think that they just have a they just do things differently and i think that they're uh, they're very capable of it that being said I, I mean yeah sure the times weren't really uh you know you can't really compare them but one mile was significantly slower and you know why well, having a seizure John, a nice brush move. Go ahead, Ray. Go ahead. The All reason right. why, the reason why it doesn't matter on time is because they're both off horses. They're both of his. Yes. That's why it doesn't matter. Yes. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Okay. So uh, you know, I think special way. I think that uh, I really liked her elimination last time out. I was wasn't really high on her, and I she was the best filly going into this year, and I think that she has a chance to close out uh, the year with a big win. I think that obviously Bond has been exceptional as well. Uh, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from her. I do think that she's better racing with a target too. I think Oka has been very vocal about that. Maybe he's going to find himself on the on the lead as well. I just don't think that she's as good when she's cutting them out. But she she very well might find herself on the front turning for home. And if Special Way as a as a, a trip off a helmet, I think that if she replicates that effort last week, I do think that maybe she's rounding it to form at the right time. Um, I will say this. Derek did say something about heaven Hanover. I do think that she's a live player to use underneath. I watched that elimination over several times. I never understood why she was second over and she elected to get blind switched by Timmy. I mean, she had a chance to, to tip Brian Sears had a chance to tip her off, uh, you know, cover it and go and pick up maybe what could have been a, a bigger piece. If not, uh, maybe it was the winning trip. I don't know. But that being said, I was really, uh, I found that to be odd. I, I thought to myself, maybe did she not have enough in the tank? No, clearly she did. She was a solid second in that elimination. Uh, very strange to, to elect to get blind switch in that spot, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, maybe she's pressure in this final. But, you know, the seven hole is, uh, you know, probably not an ideal spot, depending on how many of these Phillies want to get away well. But I do think she's a life player underneath. Well, Jacob, off the side with Bond in this final. I think we will get better than three to five. But I will say I like every bit of $3.30 in special way in that a limb last week. Yeah, I agree. Special way is impressive. Looked like she closed from what? It's kind of an impossible spot from what we've seen from eliminations to that point. With that said, you know, this division was kind of turned on its head in that first turn of the first limb when Mama Mia Volo jumped it off, and then she jumped it off again in the second turn after she caught the field. Otherwise, that'd be one of the more anticipated matchups to see her and Bond go at it here. With that said, I do go with Bond. I was so impressed by how just incredibly dominant she was in that elimination last time out. Uh, just easy as could be, 26-4 and four home. Made really something, you know, put her away easily in the stretch. And I think really something's probably the third best filly in this race here, at least based on the morning line. She did it just as easy as could be. And I, I'm kind of wondering, you know, if these two fillies, these Avokas kind of get lined up one, two, who's going to be the one to take them on in this division, especially, like I said, with Mama Miavolo, Walner Payton not moving on. I do think this could be a pretty easy exact for the Oka Sponsored Stable. And Mike, something I mention every show with these two in it, so I'll mention again now. So Bond, of course, Oka's driving. Tim Teacher picks up the special way drive. Oka owning part of Bond, so it wasn't even really a choice for him. He had to pick up Bond. That happened back in Lexington in the Philly Futurity. Obviously, continued to the eliminations, and here they both are in this final. That's true, uh, but we appreciate you reminding us. And um, But the, the key to the race, which really nobody's talked about, as as what sort of trip that really something gets. I mean, you got the second tier. She's adding Lasix. We know where she likes to race. Uh, she typically likes to be up close, and and so she's second tiering behind Special Way. Uh, where does you know where does she end up? What sort of early move does she kind of make, and what kind of pace does she inject into the race? 
Does she find a way to, you know, mess up the trips between the two uh, uh, okay horses? I mean, I don't really think that they're going to just walk around there and let him have this race. She's the key to the race as far as I'm concerned. She's shown talent. She has six wins this year. She's raced at the top level. She has speed. She's adding Lasix. I mean, she's got a lot going for her. You're, you're going to get a price there also because I think of that post. Uh, you know, she did. She was, what, 12 to 1 last week against Bond and, and did most of the work. But this is a little different. It adds dynamics to this race. It adds a little bit of a wrinkle, I think. Ultimately, I think probably one of the, to either Bond or Special Way win the race. But uh, I do think really something can shake things up and then things could get interesting. And, you know, Heaven Hanover has proven that she's able to win a big race off a trip. Maybe, you know, if the track's paying, playing towards the back, similar to it did Hambo Day, that she ends up with a trip and, and she's shown the ability to, to, to roll past off, you know, an elimination where she came from the back. Very similar circumstances with the Oaks. So she's not impossible, especially if really something, you know, fires this race up to a point where the closers become involved late in that long stretch. Uh, it's more interesting, I think, than just one, two in the race. I think you can get creative and depending on how that trip goes for the 10, uh, the, the result could, could get turned on its head pretty quick. Well, next we will turn our, well, actually Joe on Facebook there jumps in real quick, by the way, and says he agrees that Heaven Hanover can definitely get a big piece of this. And now we'll go to race 10, uh, the three-year-old Philly pace final. And, you know, Ray Gattolo, I was waiting for the opportunity to let you start a race because I need to slip away for a couple minutes. But this is a great race to give you to kick off because I know you're going to give us a dissertation on Zanata winning that limb, Strong Poison, Twin B. Joe Fresh, Sylvia Hanover. So you take it away. And I know I've got all day, even though I'm going to be gone about 120 seconds. Uh, I, I mean, those were interesting eliminations on paper. We all thought that they were going to play fairly simply. And then uh, Sylvia Hanover came from off the speed, strong poison, looked like she had room to take advantage of the situation. She clearly did uh, on a track that she set her lifetime best at in the Nadia Lobel. Uh, aside from that, the only other note is Twin B. Joe Fresh, the quote from Chris Ryder, is that he thinks that part of that performance might have had something to do with the fact that she was not well-behaved in detention. Uh, so I think the curious thing with a horse like Twin B. Joe Fresh in this race, it's 24-hour detention this time around for the final. Uh, does she get? Does she behave herself there to where then she isn't expending her energy before she steps onto the racetrack? Because her drawing that outside post I think is one of the more interesting pieces to this race. Strong poison, clear speed to the inside. Twin B Joe Fresh, I think she, if she's going to beat Sylvia Hanover, and she's shown this all year long, she has to go forward. But if she goes forward when Strong Poison's going forward and Zanata's going forward, it's, it seems like kind of a damned if you do and damned if you don't situation for Dunn and Ryder here. She has the, she has the speed to get strung out and maybe carry yourself away. But I think that this race is guaranteed to have a strong tempo because Dunn has to go. Joey's going to go. Joey has to put Zanata in a position where she can try and get like a pocket trip or something like that. Sure, she won the three diamonds going first over, but this ain't the three diamonds, bud. She has shown herself to be so much better off a covered trip than like first over with a target. So she's got to be gunning out. I think this race then just falls into Sylvia Hanover's lap like every other one does. 
She came home in 25 and change. She clearly was under wraps. They kind of knew from what the – at least Bobby knew from the position where he was in that she wasn't going to get strong poison. So it was just kind of a race for second kind of game. And in a race like this now where you're not going to be getting to the half in 57 and three, I don't know how the race doesn't unfold where she just swallows them all up like she has all year long. I think the only interesting piece to it is Charleston who makes her first start on Lasix and has time and time again fired home in like 53 back halves, 25 second final quarters, and just trying to just suck along for big checks. And I, I think that, if anything, she might be able to work at least some kind of trip, find her way onto the ticket. Second, third, I don't know. She's the only other horse in this race that really grabs my attention. But I, I, I don't know how this race unfolds against Sylvia at all. Mike, I, I think the betters are going to come back, in my opinion, for Sylvia and Twimmy Joe Fresh. We see Morningline favoritism with Strong Poison. That's the one I know you like. I, I think you're going to get a fair price there. I do like her. I don't understand the morning line at all. I don't think that has any chance of playing out that way. I, I don't see how Sylvia Hanover and, and Twinby Joe Fresh don't get bet, you know, more than, than Strong Poison does. But there's a couple things with Strong Poison and, and uh, that I think she really, really likes this racetrack. And she moves way up. Uh, her over Lexington, she's fine. You know, Meadows, she's fine. But at this racetrack, she's produced her two best efforts so far in her life. And uh, the uh, the addition of LASIK last time, she had no uh, intentions of stopping. She looked fantastic, I thought, and she's going to be the third choice in here. Um, I didn't think Sylvia got over the track quite as well as she does some other tracks. And, uh, you know, I know that it's an elimination. I know that she's probably got the most talent, and she's phenomenal. She's only lost, you know, four times in her life, and she could very well win this race, and, and it wouldn't be that big of a surprise. But I just I feel like if you can isolate with a horse like strong poison that's going to be the third choice despite the morning line you can you know really spread Maltese uh and other places and have a chance for a score so given the track given the way she responded to Lasix I do think that she has a big chance and the price isn't going to be reflective of that so I would probably back up with Sylvia I'd be against Twinby Joe Fresh in this race I just don't like the dynamics I don't like the price uh, I don't think she beats the, those other two horses. So I would be against her and for uh, definitely for Strong Poison, using Sylvia, de not defensively because I think she can win it, uh, but heavy, heavy Strong Poison for me. So Jacob Mark on Facebook likes the six Charles Center price, which Dre mentioned. And, uh, yeah, Strong Poison, that best mark of the year in the lifetime, best 148, came out of your place out there at Hoosier earlier this year and I believe one of her first starts of the season as well. Yeah, it was her first start of the year in that Nadia LaBelle. Uh, she couldn't have looked any better. The race set up really well for her in that Nadia LaBelle, and she kept vaulted off cover into that 148 win. But I went with her on top for all the same reasons uh, we just said. She's going to be the third best price, and I think she's got the rail, or she does have the rail, rather. And I just think she's the one that has the most control of her own destiny. Sylvia Hanover just kind of needs things to fall her way a little bit more. And I don't quite know what to make of that effort, which would be Joe Fresh. We've seen that the Chris Ryder horses a little bit here in the past at Hoosier Park, where they just get a little bit of second-itis. We saw that with Party Girl Hill in 2020. Same thing with Better's Wish in the Breeders' Crown and uh, in the Dan Patch here. I still remember that from 2020. So I went with Strong Poison. She's going to have more control over her own destiny. Sylvia Hanover, there's just no way for her to be involved early. And that's just what concerns me a little bit. And then you got a horse like Charleston, who's probably going to have to do it by out sprinting Sylvia Hanover. So I couldn't quite land on her. 
like I said, I like Sean Poison. She's going to be poorly placed. Sylvia Hanover, I think she's going to be firing at the end. She'll be better than she was last week. It was kind of interesting. Emily and I went and saw her this morning, watched her jog. Uh, it's hard for her just to go out there and jog a lap, a lap and be enthused. She is uh, very good at conserving her energy, to say the least. She is a uh, pretty laid back, a little bit lazy mare. And that kind of reflects in the way she races. But when the money's on the line, she fires towards the line. But I did go with Strong Poison on top. Derek, I guess as many of us have, just kind of watching Sylvia race after race, it's like, oh, this is finally the one she's going to lose. Now what's she's going to get there? Well, no, she's going to lose. Now somehow she got there. This was finally the one. She, she doesn't actually get there. Well, it's hard to get there when they go 57 to the half. I mean, I think the – at least I'll try to bring in a new point that maybe no one's brought up. To me, Sylvia Hanover is simply not a sprinter. She's more of a grinder. You know, she takes her aim at her target and she slowly, you know, catches on them and eventually passes them. So the race just didn't play to her favor last time. She's not a horse that's just going to be push button and go, you know, and come charging home and, and blow by you, you know, in a 24 and two, you know, it's just not going to happen. I don't think that's her style. I think clearly the race is going to, you know, have much more pace this week than it had last week. And she just needs to be somewhat in striking range, you know, and, uh, I certainly think uh, McClure will have her closer to the pace this time. I think he'll put her in position, and she's my best bet on the card. I absolutely love her. You know, I, I, I really, I really don't see any way she loses this race. To be fair, though, Derek, you know, Sylvia's overcome a lot of bad trips, sort of bad setups, bad scenarios in the past, even times where she's parked herself and done done a lot of things. So she's overcome adversity before, and and so so what's changed now? I mean, what what's you know, I mean, I realize it was an elimination, but, change. you know, that hasn't been an issue in the past. I mean, I have the PP lines in front of me, the three-quarter times. Last week was 125 and four. Before that, 23 and two, 22 and four, 21 and four, 23 and three, 24 flat. You're talking about a two-second slower three-quarter time than she's ever had to chase into previously. That's a lot of time, two seconds. And she still gained without really being urged. No, like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, she's overcome a lot of things in the past. I mean, she's she's proven that she's she's been able to overcome, and and maybe they were conserving, and 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 I mean, they they seem to be doing more prep type things with her. I mean, look what they did, like at Mohawk in that overnight race and things like that. So I understand it, but I don't know. I mean, she doesn't seem quite as dominant as she once was, and and that makes me think that she could be just. A little more vulnerable than than invincible. Like she I was hope last everyone year. feels like you because <laughs> that will only increase my price because I'm all in. You're not going to get a huge. I mean, you're not going to get a price. I mean, you might get four to five, which might not be that. Bad. Yeah. That'd be, I mean, if you like her, that's fine. But you're not. I mean, the, the price just. You know, I don't know. I, I think a winning price is a good price, and I think she's a winner. You know, it's, it's the way I feel about it. I don't. It is there, there's no like. Though. I mean, there's no way you're going to convince me otherwise. All year long, too. I mean, you've been all over that horse almost all year, too. So. Who Twin B Joe Fresh? Yeah. I wouldn't say I've been all. I've been more on the Sylvia bandwagon than on the Twin B Joe Fresh bandwagon over the last, you know, six weeks or so. I I don't dislike Twin B Joe Fresh. I thought he raced okay. She raced okay last time. I think, uh, you know what? When you go to the set a slow half and slow three quarters, right? You open yourself up for getting caught. And I, I see they do it left and right all the time. Some horses are better sprinters than others, you know, and clearly she w couldn't sprint home quite as fast as Zanata can, you know, and, and you open yourself up for that. If you would have opened her up a little, made Zanata, you know, try to chase to keep up with her a little bit, 
she probably wins that race, in my opinion. I think that she set the race up for herself to lose, or Dexter set the race up for himself to lose. John Murray on Facebook or on YouTube says, if Sylvie has the lead at any point, she will win. That's probably a correct statement. If she gets the lead, she's probably not giving it up. So you can probably get pretty good like sports betting odds on Sylvia to have the lead at some point and still to lose. That that probably be pretty good odds, actually. I don't think I don't think you'll ever see her on the lead, uh, especially you know with their tactics. But um, I will say one thing about Derek t- touching about a winning price, a good price. I I wouldn't say that necessarily though. I I still think that even if you win, I don't think that uh, I won't say that just because I'm not going to play results. But I will say this: you've seen this Philly go against the same crop all year long and and go off at what one to nine, one to five, right? If you're finally getting um you know, four to five because of one elimination loss, right? I th- I think that's value for a Philly that's pretty much dominant, been dominant in this division all year. Look, we know the formula how to beat her, right? I mean, guys have figured it out. We've touched on this numerous times. It's just that the wrong horses are doing it, right? You have to try and just put the pedal down and go and just hope that you can sprint away, go a really fast third quarter and just pray that she tires out in the lane. But that never seems to be the case because as – Sean has mentioned in the past, and Mark has mentioned, she's got great lungs. She just keeps going. Yeah, she lost an elimination. I'm not going to, you know, think of her any less in this spot, right? You you know, Ray, you touched on how many Phillies are going to want to, quote, like, leave in this spot, right? Isn't that going to bode well for Sylvia? Like, did we not see what yeah. she did with preferred mayor? So, you know, group, like, yeah, I, like, I was working that night. I remember saying that she was an absolute fade in that spot because it was strictly just a tightener. Mark Stacey and company and Sean Stacey and company, they did not want to qualify her because their worry was that it wouldn't do her any good qualifying. They wanted her to get a nice, fast mile under her belt before some of those marquee stakes races going to Lexington and such. So that was the plan. If all these Phillies are leaving, doesn't that race set up for Sylvia Hanover? I couldn't yeah. agree more with you, though, Ray. Twimby Joe Fresh has to go in this spot. Um, I mean, you have to try. I mean, but we thought that that was going to be the case in other race against her, and she didn't. I mean, she thought, you know, being behind her was going to be the, you know, she's going to out-sprint her. I will say this. It's interesting that you brought up that detention comment because I was of the belief that maybe she just lost interest because they were crawling. That's what I thought. I thought maybe she just, we've seen her race so well. We saw her go, uh, you know, race a big mile, uh, two starts back at Lexington, and she was going so fast, and Dexter pretty much had her wrapped up. I mean, and it was a really fast mile. I thought maybe, you know, sometimes we hear about good horses. I remember John Malay always telling me that when Bulldog would go slow up front, he would just lose interest. This horse just loved to work hard and do the heavy lifting. You know, that was my kind of my thinking in the elimination with the, uh, Twimby Joe Fresh is maybe she just does her best work when she's got the pedal down and she's going. Maybe she just loves it. Uh, but again, that comments you said about the retention is interesting. And again, share the same sentiment as Derek. You want to go fast because you don't want to bring others to a race, especially when you're of similar, you know, of lesser caliber. That's the thing. So I have to lean. So I don't want to, you know, pick chalk in this race, but I keep thinking that all these Phillies need to buy out for early positioning. And I keep thinking that long stretch is going to bode well for, for Sylvia. And, and maybe she's not first over uh, tonight, but if a lot of these other Phillies are going to want early positioning, it might just bode well for a fresh Sylvia Hanover turning for home. And she's been the best all year. I'm not going to go against her in this spot because I haven't seen any vulnerability. And even when we have, she's still gotten it done. You know, as much as I've liked Sylvia all year, this is a kind of race where I kind of like Mike. A strong poison price is going to be correct to go that direction. We see how well the Lasix has helped her out, how well she gets over the Suzer Park track. I, I think the price is going to be significant there compared to a horse like Sylvia Hanover. So that, that's could be laughing direction. at you, Ray. I will go for uh, no, I, 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 its process is entirely Sylvia should be one to five. She's four to five. She's dead on the board. No one likes her. 
She can't win if she's dead on the board at four to five. There's no way she's one to five in this race. No, she's going to be like three, four to probably even money, even. Yeah, to Ed. Here's the question, Ray, based on what we're discussing. What's Twimby Joe Fresh's odds? I uh, see. I, as a better, cannot fathom how she would be below 10 to one just because there's no universe where I would be betting money on her to win. People will bet money on her to win. And I I don't know who these people are, but I would like to meet some she of them. She was one to two versus Sylvia a couple weeks ago. One I, to two. I look, Mike, I graduated from the handicapping school of hard knocks. So I've taken a couple blows to my head. And I know how this that race explains is a lot. And to me, there if you run this race a hundred times, I would argue there are maybe ten that she wins. I don't know who these people out there are that think she could win thirty times, forty times. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know how they justify it. So I think it's a great question. What is she in this race, especially off that loss? She could be five to one. She could be six to one. She could be the second I choice. I don't yeah, know. Five, six, nine to two. So point being, that's money for strong poison. And you know, Zanata's not going to be some crazy, you know, short price, but. A limb winner, they're, they're still going to bet a little bit there, I think, on her. So, you know, if she's 10 to 1, 12 to 1, it's still money going away from other horses. So, um, but anyway, race 11, we'll, we'll move our way there. Three year old Colton Gelding Trotters. Derek, help first edition wins in a limb. Could they justify the $72,000 supplemental fee, which is why we see our final purse here is $672,000? I mean, some people would say just the fact that you're in the final justifies the. Uh... You know, that, you know, they only got back a small amount in the elimination, but it's quite a thrill to be in a Breeders' Crown final, you know, and winning one of those trophies. Not everyone gets to win one of those trophies unless you're uh, Ron Burke, who's won 18 of them. Right there, Ray? 18? Yes. I look at this race as, yes, tactical approach is the best horse and it's his race to lose. But I don't see this as, I don't see the second tier as a bad spot for him just because he has Celebrity Bambino, Ari Ferrari, and Up Your Day in front of him. So he has three really good horses in front of him to kind of set him up a little bit. So I don't really see it as a, a bad spot for him. But I couldn't help but, you know, try to find some sort of a, a price in here. And uh, and the, the horse I've been on a number of times and is Air Power. And, and I know a couple other people like this horse. I, yeah, I know. Don't tell anyone. Listen, the bottom line is Air Power is as fast as any of these horses. And it's just a matter of whether Air Power decides to play ball or not. You know, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. The good thing about Air Power is, one, you're going to get a good price on him. And two, the trip really doesn't matter. I firmly believe that Air Power can come first over and win the race if he's feeling good and he decides not to break. You know, and normally if Air Power was going to be two to one, I would say don't touch him. But here you're going to get a pretty nice price. Yeah, he's 12 to one on the morning line. I don't know. He'll be at least eight to one in my mind and maybe a lot more. And I think he can win. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be on French wine. I don't see how French wine gets into the race. I mean, I think the horse has been racing great. I just don't know how it happens. Um, interesting thing on Celebrity Bambino. He had post five in the Hamiltonian elimination, went down the road, set soft fractions, won the race, just like he did in the Brutus Crown elimination. And then he got post one in the Hamiltonian final was handled aggressively and didn't do so well. And now we're in the same circumstance again. I don't know. Up your Deo, great trip horse. If he gets a trip, I think he can win, but he needs the trip. 
I, I was gonna write I was gonna write Air Power's name on a sheet of paper so hopefully people wouldn't hear that he's live in this race. So instead I just drew this frowny face because now I'm sad that everyone knows like the cat cat's out of the bag. You might as well just yeah, let Think it go. Think about all the people who are gonna read my analysis and, and see that Air Power is you know, live. You, and, you think your audience can read, Derek? I, I'm a, I'm a full consensus. I mean, you. The thing that's beautiful about that elimination, and I think you'll agree, Derek, because you like the horse too. It looked like Matias moved early, and he just was not worried. He knew he was going to make the final, and it was kind of just let the horse roll. Because what's weird with that long stretch is it's not optimal a lot of times to pull right at the top of the stretch. Sometimes you're better off waiting like an eighth of a mile on cover and then angling out to go. But air power, he, he can lift flight on his best day, and he wasn't really asked at all. Did you, did you know they had a mic on um, Matthias uh, during the race? And uh, huh? you know, the, the whole time he was please don't make a mistake. Please don't make a mistake. Please don't make a mistake. No, that, that's a great point because if I was driving him in the Kentucky Futurity, I think I'd have a heart murmur going into – that breeder's crown elimination, which I, I great on Matias also to keep that horse, you know, standing after he took that bad step in the Kentucky Futurity. But all that said, Air, he looked great for that race being a tightener. We know what kind of horse he is. He just for some reason has thrown shoes, been sore, almost fall. Like he's had everything go wrong. But we, like Derek said, we know how good he is. We know Celebrity Bambino is going to take money. Tactical approach. At this point, I don't think you can pull off three miracles in one season. Sorry, Scott. You couldn't get knocked 10 in the winner's circle when I needed him. How can you get tactical approach? Uh, I I don't really see how you bet anyone else in this race. Full agreement. Uh, I feel bad, though, for French Wine. Very nice horse. Doesn't have that real black type win. I think he deserves one. I don't know if he's going to get it here. He's certainly not going to be a good price, too. Uh, he can get it here, and he'll be a price. Uh, nah, 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 nah. I don't think so. I, how, uh, they, get, how are you getting into the race? Can you, that's what I want to ask. You think Air Park can get in the race? Why can't French Juan get in the race? Yeah, they have the point, exact same style. There. And, and, and Air point. Power is a Meadowlands lover. Yeah. Like, for what, how do you know he, he's a Meadowlands lover? He's a Meadowlands New Jersey, period. He's a race 14 times. No, Mike's I mean, got come a point on! There. Like, if you don't, th if you yeah, like yeah. Air Power and you don't think the French Juan getting the race, and he's racing so much better than Air Power is, I mean, My yeah, yeah, Mike's got it, a point there. Mike's got a big point. Back. There. But he's first of all, he's starting too close back. I don't know that I feel as confidently that French Juan can take air that Air Power can take. That's another thing. I think Air Power is going to be a better price. That that's another thing. Well, he'll be. A, he might be a little better price, but. It's not going to be a whole lot bigger of a price because if, other horses are going to take a lot more money. If Air Power is ahead of French Wine, let's say let's say Air Power is third over and French Wine's fourth over, you see French Wine blown by Air Power if Air Power doesn't break. I don't know. I, I thought French Wine raced really well last. Like even I, I thought it was driver error that got him beaten in Kentucky Futurity. Personally, he should have won that race, but he the there's just no two ways about it. I mean, so and then. You know, last week he kicked 26 and one. He was shot out of a cannon late whenever he was really given no chance whatsoever in the race. Uh, he's racing really well right now. And and I think that he could be the one that gets lost. I think the five takes money. Up Your Deo takes money. Celebrity Bambino takes money. Tactical Approach definitely takes money. And, and he has a puncher's chance. Just the way he's been racing, he's right there every week. 
what happens if he does get the trip? Because uh, given the scenario, I, I like his chances of getting a trip a lot better than Air Power, who hasn't done really anything for months and months. So, yes, he has the talent, but he hasn't shown it in quite a long time. And uh, so, I don't know. I think Air Power is a little bit phony to me. I mean, That's just why he's a long shot. That's why he's a long shot. That is you know? a good point. But, but he's getting buzzed, and everyone always thinks he has talent. If you look how he, he's always bet, he was 7-1 to one last in the elimination. He was 8-1 to one in the Kentucky Futurity, really, after a, a terrible race in the bluegrass. I mean, he's he gets hammered at, at, at Meadowlands every time he's in the box. If he's 7-1 he to one here, I'm not betting him. You know? Well, he's not he's not a good bet at 7-1. to one. You know, he's he probably needs to be 12-1 to one or higher to even consider you know, but what I are the also odds don't on think that he needs the, the race. I, I, I'm curious to see how much money the 10 takes in the race because of his post. But if you look at his last five starts, he's been under even money in each one of them. I mean, he's won the Hambo. I mean, he's racing just as well as anybody Also, He could get lost because of the post. Um, I, I don't know. I I think it's a tough race. I think it could go in a lot of different ways. I think you need to spread in Maltese for sure. I'll agree with you there. Jacob, if we could have like you know live up to the minute future book odds on the Hamiltonian, I think Air Power truly might have been approaching like even money range about the time Dexter Dunn picked up the drive. Stanley Dancer goes off at one to five in there, and then it's kind of been downhill for him since then. But I'm sure you've got some love for us for the Indiana Sire Stakes champion, probably. Yeah, hell, first edition. All credit to their connections for being willing to put up that kind of money to take a shot in this race on their home turf. With that said, I do think hell, first edition is probably a notch below these top Colts. He looked pretty dominant in that limb, but I think that was by far the softest of the three eliminations. And um, all credit to him. The horse is a pretty small horse, but he can take a ton of air. He just keeps going down by the wire. I just don't think he has the speed to go with horses like Celebrity Bambino or Tactical Approach in here. I did land on Celebrity Bambino. I would hope and pray for that 92 morning line price, but I don't think you're going to get that 92 morning line price at all. I think he's been red hot coming into this. The only uh, loss in his last four starts coming in that futurity, just when he had no shot, it got shuffled out of it. And still is trotting home nicely, just missed by three quarters of length. Just one as easily as could be in that limb. French wine is one I'd like with a better post. But that better post would probably kill his price a little bit, and I just don't see him being able to do it with Andy Miller uh, from the eight hole. Tactical approach is going to get the perfect trip behind Celebrity Bambino, being able to follow him all the way around there. Uh, we do have the passing lane here at Hoosier Park, so that already kind of checks one of the boxes for tactical approach. That's how he likes to do it up the rail. Um, with that said, I'm going to go Celebrity Bambino. I think it'll be a little bit better than tactical approach price-wise, uh, so that's where I'll go with my top selection. So, John, the mark on Facebook says the eight can be heard from. That is French wine. Murray on YouTube agrees with Mike. French wine is very sharp. So uh, that's some money going that direction. Um, but uh, how did you go in this 11th? Yeah, I think for me it's just a matter of if you have to fade horses who start from the second tier. I, I just I just don't think that you can accept short prices when your nose is not on the gate. Albeit I, do, I don't think it's the worst spot for – for tactical approach, given who's uh, he's likely going to get a chance to follow. But I can't say I was overly impressed with that elimination either, though, right? I mean, I understand that uh, it was an elimination, but air power only, you know, you only beat air power by like half a length in that elimination. I mean, tactical approach has kind of looked bionic as of late. Um, I really expected him to kind of show a bit more pop uh, turning for home and it was at least finish up a lot better than some of those horses uh, coming at him. So I do think that – I think you have to go against tactical approach. I think that if you're going to spread spread against a horse who's starting from the second tier, I know he's pulled off some miracle trips and he's arguably the best trotter coming into this race. But, again, you can't accept a short price for when a horse is not uh, doesn't have his nose on the gate. 
you know what? I ultimately, I just kind of, you know, it's boring, but I landed on celebrity Bambino. I thought that uh, perfect elimination drive. I thought he shut him down, um, you know, just before the wire did Yannick. Uh, I think he's showing a bit of versatility now. I think we're starting to see that he can do it off a target, right? I think that in the Hamiltonian, he was so keen on wanting to cut the mile by virtue of where he draw of Drew and how, you know, he thought he felt he was good in that elimination, but I think we're starting to see how good he is off a helmet. And I don't think Yannick has to feel any pressure to want to cut this mile. I think that if he finds a target, he'll be just fine. Up your Dale is another horse that needs a trip. Um, I think we're all in agreement on that, but I mean, for me, it's, it comes down to Derek. I, I've loved Derek power. I think that ultimately he's got the most talent, but you know, I'm always, you know, uh, holding my breath when he's trotting or going around a turn. I'm always worried he's going to jump it off or make a miscue. That doesn't really bode well for me. Uh, when I hear, uh, Matthias Melander saying, you know, you know, don't, uh, don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. Right. Right. I mean, that just goes through. He's not confident that he's overcome his, his trotting mishaps. Right. So, I think I'm in agreement with Mike here is that I think that both air power and French wine are going to get um, similar trips, but I just think that air power, despite his quirks, I think that he just got more talent. So if you're getting a better price, I think you want to side with the one who's better value, but I, I I'm going to be boring here and go celebrity Bambino because I, I still, I like his versatility a bit. I like the kind of horse that he's kind of just always had the pedigree always was supposed to be a good horse, but He's kind of rounding into form, I think, at the at the right time. And Matthias wouldn't actually say don't make a break out of my uh, – Edison, what's uh, don't make a break in Swedish? Because that's what Matthias <laughs> would actually be saying. Uh, no, I think I think most of his communication is back paddock or in English that I see at the middle. Oh, okay. Ray, Ray, where am I going to land in this race? Speaking of uh, Sweden. Oh, oh, wait. King Oka Green Machine. The Yonkers oh. Trout winner. Up your down. Yeah. Look, the horse okay. has enough versatility to at least be close to the pace, can work out the right trip. You know, defeated Canadian Trotting Classic against Slater Bambino, went off the favor twice through the road. There's been some disappointing efforts from him, but I thought the limb was really sharp. 26-2 and two kicker. I thought he looked very solid in that effort. We've seen some good form from him in the middle part of the year. So, uh, you know, it's kind of tough to extrapolate. Where do we go from here this week into the final? But if he can take a step forward off of that limb, up your day, I think I like. And uh, second choice morning line, I don't think he's the second choice here. I think uh, – or even if he is, at the very least, it's an okayish price. I think horses like Slayer and Bino are going to take money. I think even help first edition take some local money. I mean, again, not not massive money, but eight nine to one still help everybody else's price. I'm kind of with Mike. I mean, Air Power. I still expect him to step up and win a big race like this. I think the talent is there, but he just continues to get bet every single week. I mean, uh, did we discuss right? What 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 price are you calling fair on Air Power? What do you expect at post time? I I realistically think he could be anywhere between twelve and fifteen to one in this race. Mike, I think he's lower. What do you think? Way lower. <laughs> how 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 is he lower when every other horse closed better than him? I don't know, but I just think. Yeah, that, I, I, listen. I don't know. Listen, but he's going. To be. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that it's it's going to be warranted. I'm saying that 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 the horse takes money all the time, regardless of circumstance. So I mean, and Ray, I think this goes back to your discussion about the ten percent thing with Tommy Joe Fresh, like. I, I, as I said, I fully expect this horse to step up and win a big race. It could be this weekend. But if it's at 8-1 to one and you think that you run this race like 100 times, it wins like five of them, then it's bad value kind of, right? Especially this, if you're playing him for months race, at a time. This race is different. For one, there's no, there's not seven horses in the race. There's ten. For two, this being the final, the complexion for how this race is, has multitudes. So there's, there's no way... That you'd see him at you saw him at eight to one in the futurity because he was seven to two in the bluegrass. How many that horses in that race? Ten. That was an okay race, but because he broke stride in the futurity, you're gonna get value on him in this final. There's no way 
there's no way that anyone has faith in this horse the same way they would have in the future because the blemishes are there. But that's because he's going to be 12 or 15 to 1. He's going to be in a price range that is worth taking a chance on. There's no way that this whole that, – that anyone could bet air power down to 8 to 1 in this field. Right, right. He's going to be lower than 12 to 1. Lower to one. There's going to be odds bet with you. My entire weekend is going to be odds bets against people. <laughs> if I can have 5 to 2 in tactical approach, I don't care what odds air power is. I'd just take the 5 to 2 right now. You might get that. You could get that. I don't think you get that. Right. No. I, wouldn't take, I, I wouldn't take five to t- oh I, I would just say I don't take five to t- I wouldn't take any price on tactical approach. I don't think I don't think he's really a good bet here. You would need to give me a de- like a big price on him that he's not gonna beat. So I'm not gonna bet him. All right, let's go to race twelve. The open mare pace and uh Mike, I mean I, I guess everyone maybe has different opinions, but for me I thought this was maybe the toughest race. I, this is one where I kind of struggled to figure out exactly how I wanted to, to play this one. I don't know. I, I think Andy Miller, I guess, is going to have a huge weekend. I don't know. I, I landed on max contract. I really and, – and I don't really – like, everyone thinks I like this horse all year. I'm not Garnett, and I'm not, like, some of these guys that like this horse. But I love that elimination. I love the way that she's rounding into this race. Uh, she looked just, I thought, phenomenal in that elimination. Coming off a six scratch, uh, kicked 26 and won as she pleased. I'm not crazy about Silver Label. I, I know Kobe's Gigi isn't as nearly as good as, as she's uh, she looked like last week. I, I hated the way Grace Hill raced in that race. I don't know what, what happened there. Yeah, she's been good all year, but she's going to be bet low again, and she has a bad post. And I don't know. I, I really liked how Max Contract uh, raced in that elimination, how she handled the track, uh, where she's at right now. She's proven at the top level, and uh, I, I think you'll get a fair enough price. I mean, you got... 2.4 to 1 last week. I would have, I would probably think around around that, depending on what they do for Grace Hill here. You could get between 2 and, and maybe 3.5. And uh, I like that. I, I think she's a strong horse in Maltese for me. I'd be, be leaning on her heavily. All right, I'm thinking I might have the same opinion as John. John, where'd you go in the 12th? I, I just love the belief that I don't think Grace Hill necessarily draws bad. I think the 8 hole's fine for that uh Mary, we saw her get the job done at from the nine hole that day. And I, I don't think I think any draw on the gate is just fine for her. The question is, is what kind of trip is Dougie gonna give her? Because I do think that she's better um, when she kind of uh, you know has a target. We've seen her we we've seen her have success when she has cut them out. I think that she's obviously stole a few races. She she won a breeder's count last year by virtue of uh, the way Dougie drove her and was able to steal it over Test of Faith. I'm kind of of the belief, though, too, Mike. I, I really like the way Max Contract's coming into this race. Um, you know, I think that she's she's sharp. I think that she was always a, a wise guy mare. Everybody would always race her. She, but she never really had that same kick. And here we are, three starts going to this final. And she's looked uh, really strong. And, you know, the first race that she looked good doing so was over here at uh, Hoosier Park in the open uh, a couple starts back. So I like the way that she had a couple tighteners, uh, you know, against groups that she probably should have got the job done. But... She's looked really sharp. That was a nice elimination when, despite missing time, being a six scratch. Um, I think that maybe if the only other one I could really maybe take a shot with, I know she's going to take supporters, is Kobe's Gigi. I mean, she she really did some work in that elimination, right? Was used twice early in that mile, was able to open up. Uh, I think that maybe you take a shot with Grace Hill and just kind of hope that, uh, you know, you can beat her with the price. I think those are obviously the two logical ones. But, um, you know, Max Contract, she's going to be heard from late, and she might have the freshest legs. You know, you're not at all worried with how Kobe's Gigi finished that mile because that, that was the first time I'd ever seen her like wandering 
in the stretch. And I, I didn't that think that was, was a kind of race. race. Yeah, I didn't, a weird race. I didn't think that was a kind of race where just the, with the kind of speed she's shown herself capable of and the strength she's shown herself to be capable of, uh, that being a race where she would get lost like that and be going left and right. Um, of course, Jacob would probably have more information on where the winds might have been blowing at that point. And do you, Jacob, do you remember if the winds were still kind of at the back stretch uh, when Kobe's Gigi raced in her elimination? I believe so. Yeah, I'd go okay. with that. Then, yeah, that, that makes it even more peculiar of why she was so <laughs> all over the place. She still held on because she's, she's got class, but does that not worry you at all, John? Especially when you watch Max Contract put in a visually impressive win in her elimination? Well, I, oh, it worries me. I just think that they're probably the two logical contenders. Okay. I'm, I'm, on team, I'm on team Max Contract here because I do think that she, there's a good chance she has the freshest uh, legs late. I just... I'm not really worried about the poster gray, so that's the biggest thing for me. It just uh, I don't even know to be concerned about that effort. I think that it was just one of those just get into the final. Again, I, I think they're not worried at all about where they draw because she's shown that she can get away just fine. I mean, it's not like they're – this is a race where everybody's going to want to show her respect. It's not like everybody's going to be gunning out, to, you know, wanting to cut the smile. And I, I think Dougie's perfectly fine with, with, with wherever she gets away, so I wouldn't be concerned about post. I just think that um, – I think her best shot is maybe to, to find a target. So it's going to be interesting to see what approach uh, Dougie takes. Oh, guess of death. Uh, I like Max Contract, too. I, well. I don't. <laughs> hey, Ray, Ray, look at the YouTube huh. comment from Murray. He has the correct answer in this race. Michaela, 10-1 hmm. to 1 with the minister. I, I'm not opposed to Michaela either. I, oh, there's my kiss of death. But here, Max, <laughs> of the two Mare Pace eliminations, the only one, the only horse that popped out to me that had any sort of oomph at the end was Max Contract. Everyone else finished the race fine, but they didn't have that kind of eye-catching muscle that Max Contract had in that last eighth of a mile when she was shut down uh, to win by two, especially being off a of six scratch. So that joined also with just the form she'd been showing over the last few weeks with Andy saying, I wish she didn't get sick so we could have raced her in Lexington. That's an interesting line to say. Of course, let's also remember everyone thinks they have a 46 pacer nowadays because these horses are so damn fast. Um, but all that aside, Max Contract is the only horse just looking at the eliminations alone. I feel is live in the final. Grace Hill, I've seen how she can fire home. That's not the Grace Hill I remember. That's, that's, a, that's a Grace Hill that wasn't firing at 100%. If I remember correctly, I think Virgil Morgan said that she wasn't 100%. Or like, he said something after the race, too, that they might tinker with something uh, going into the final equipment or whatever. Because she, she usually can be more active than that, despite coming in with 26 seconds. I don't know what kind of trip she gets from that outside post. That's the big monkey wrench. And to me, I think... God bless. Michaela is the only horse I can think of where I go, thank God she drew the second tier because, George, you can't put her on the lead. She, she's going to be better with the target. That's what lost her the race in the elimination, I feel, was her going to the front. He was confident in her, put her in the place where you'd put the best horse in the race, and uh, she wasn't the best horse in the race that day, but still held on to finish second, held off everyone coming at her. George is forced to come from off the speed here unless he, for some reason, makes a quarter move to the lead, which I can't envision happening. But uh, God bless the second-tier draw for Michaela because now she's a live long shot in this race. 
Jacob, you can make a lot of money on max contract. Just $100 to win in every race because there's a 19-to-1 upset, a 10-to-1 upset, a 18-to-1 upset, and there's still like 11 other wins to account for. So I, I guess you're making money if you're just betting max contract every race. Yeah, well, the problem is that she's won every race that I didn't bet her. She's been one of those mares that I rode all summer long in some of those big stakes thinking she was going to break through, and she just never did for me. Uh, with that said, I did land on Grace Hill. I just trust her more than the next contract. And the A-hole really doesn't scare scare me from her. And I really wasn't that scared by the elimination. I thought they just got away towards the back. I wasn't disappointed in the 26 home. I know we've seen better from her, but I just wasn't scared off by that elimination at all. That just looked like a classic case of elimination racing to me. Got into the final. She drew post eight at Dayton, too. I think that's a much worse spot than the eight-hole here at Hoosier. I think she can kind of wait patiently for the things to kind of settle on the first turn and then make her move like we've seen all year long. Kobe Gigi's interesting. She's a mare that came back to Hoosier Park after racing on the Grand Circuit this summer. Didn't do much this summer. Wasn't very good when she got back here to Hoosier either for a while. Then for whatever reason, when she went down to Lexington, she kind of found herself again. I do know they made a rigging change even after that Indiana Sire Sticks mare final where uh, she won from the nine hole. That was against a pretty bad bunch of mares, to be perfectly honest. But then she jumped up in the breeder's crown of limb, but went right down the road. I know they said that she was shut down kind of halfway down the lane. That might explain the wandering a little bit, but they're very, very competent in Kobe's Gigi. Uh, with that said, I just think Grace Hill's the better mare, and I think she's kind of proven that all year long. Derek? I'm going to rain on everyone's parade. <laughs> I hate Max Contract. Why? Hate, hate, hate Max Contract. Because she's going to be way over bet, and she's beaten no one. She had a great trip last week, and everything worked out perfect for her. The two two wins before that, yeah, they look great on paper. She beat no one. Zero. She did it fast time. She was kicking home uh, from tough spots. I mean, it's, let's it's, see how she kicks home, you know, versus Grace Hill and some of these other horses in here. You know, I I don't like her at all. I just okay. don't care for her. The rail's not the best starting spot. Uh, it, for so many reasons, I don't like Matt Contract. I'm not saying she can't win. Of course, she could win, you know, but I don't think you're going to get any kind of a good price on her. I think the price is going to be worse than she's probably, it's definitely going to be an underlaid price, you know, for, for certain. I'm not saying that it's going to be a, you know, you might think that 7 to 2 is great, but I don't think 7 to 2 is a great price on her. Um, if I was going to pick a long shot in here, it, I would take a shot with Silver Label, who's, you know, 15 to 1 on the morning line. and while I don't think she's quite as sharp as maybe she was, you know, earlier this year, she has proven that she can step up on occasion. You know, she's got a good post where she can save ground and maybe make a late kick. So if I was going to take a price, that's where I would go. I like Michaela a little bit as well. I think they were speed tightening her last week to get her sharp. She had missed a few weeks. I think she probably needed that start. And that was their way of, you know, saying, let's get her into race shape. I think I have a completely different view of the elimination than everyone else. I thought Grace Hill was absolutely loaded. I think you watch, he, you know, Dougie goes and he pops the plugs and she didn't really respond. And then he tapped it with the whip a couple of times and you could see her leg motion kind of accelerates. You know, to me, she was coming home really strong. She came home at 26, but I think the final, you know, 16th or whatever was much faster than, you know, the first 16th or first eighth of, of the stretch. I really like Grace Hill in this spot. I think she's, you know, probably going to be pointed towards the lead and certainly going to be leaving the gate strong. And I, I will be, I might use, 
I don't know if I'm gonna use Max contract at all, quite frankly. Well, I want yeah, to well, bridge can, if you don't like that she was loaded the way she was driven in that race because uh, you know I don't know. I mean well, that didn't scream loaded to me. I know that. She had to be two horses. She had to be two horses to make the final. She knew she was going to be two horses. I, I, I just don't know how you can, like, for me, it's one of those things, like, you could justify and say, you know, maybe Silver Label didn't get her trip. We've seen her be better when she has a target on the front. But she's had a two-hole trip, and she was gapping. I mean, for me, Silver Label's just not coming into this race. Yeah, I don't want her at all either. Uh, yeah, missed a few weeks. You know, Nick, well, Nicolucci has, I mean, he's he's mentioned how she's had stomach, dealing with some stomach ulcers. She's... Literally going to the Breeders' Crown, he was more optimistic about Prohibition Legal standing in the winner's circle than he was uh, Silver Label. Whereas earlier in the summer, for him, it seemed like it was all Silver Label. So it's unfortunately for him now, we don't get to see Prohibition Legal into the final because it's, she was scratched. Um, it's a fair point, John. But the way I look at it is if I'm going to get 15 or 17 or 18 to 1, I would consider using that horse on my ticket versus, you know, Max Contract, who I know is going to be a less than I want price. The, you the know, way I, I was going to max contract, I want at least six to one, and I know the horse is going to be way lower than six. Yeah, going to get six to one. Be lucky to three. The way I look at it, though, as well is, I mean, I think that you're right that max contract is going to get better. I do agree with you on the elimination. I'm not really worried per se about whether Grayson was loaded. I do think that though, there's also the notion of if you're getting price X on horse X because of you think it's a two horse race, I still think that there's value there. I'm not saying that you want to accept a. Uh, Max contract's going to take more support. There's a good chance she's second choice in this race between her and uh, Kobe's Gigi. But I mean, I if you think that she's a logical contender and, and, and she's the next one, I think that uh, you know, I don't think that all these other mares are going to cancel each other out. I just don't think anybody's done anything to prove that hey, I'm the next one. I think that I think you're going to see a, a like a pretty even, evenly bet race if Prohibition Legal was in this final, and that's probably one I would have sided with, assuming she put forth a good elimination. I think it's going to be lopsided support for Graysell, justifiably so, because she's been dominant in this division all year. Um, it's just a matter of we've also seen her throw in some clunkers despite taking a lot of support, so it's going to be interesting to see how it uh, pans out. I'd rather take a shot with Michaela if I was going to take a shot with a horse to beat Graysell than take a shot with Max Contra. You'd be one better doing that than with Silver Label. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, Civil Label to me is like a bomb. Hey, I'll throw in Civil Label. Maybe she'll get lucky and have it. But to me, if I'm just saying, who do I think can really win this race? I think Grace Hill is up here. And then I have Michaela. And then below that is a bunch of them. Like, I think Max Contract, Civil Label, Kobe's Gigi, I would take either. To me, they're all the same. And the price of Max Contract is going to be, you know, lower than those, I think. I will say this quickly. Silver Label, I don't, I'm not really worried about the time off. I mean, I don't even want to use it as an excuse for elimination, right? Cause she did have a qualifier to prep for the LM. We, we saw prohibition legal even miss so much time and have two qualifiers and put forth a, a great effort. Gallucci brings them ready to race. So if, I mean, clearly she's just not at her best and he's not really confident in her ability right now. That, that, that for me is the biggest thing is that, I mean, you know, her own, his own, uh, her own trainer is not even, uh, you know, confident in the mayor right now. So. Michaela was uh, the only really effort I've seen from her well on the front end was probably the Claire Barton pace at uh, Flame Ridge, which was a five-horse field, short field, clearly the best, and then went to the front, no big deal. So I really have to agree that I think the second-tier draw is probably a good draw for her in some sense, going to get away okay and hopefully have some target chase. So that, that that's the price that I will try in this race. Uh, Kevin Plouch is tuning in on YouTube, and uh, I don't think he, I've ever heard Ray make a stand on a horse like that ever, except for right now. Maybe Max Contract is the lock of the weekend now. However, now he's covering his tracks by saying every other horse is live. 
So, all right. Well, we are on to race 13. We're running long here. We're getting close to Ray Catola's bedtime. So, uh, Ray, I guess we'll go to you, the $600,000 for your old Colton Gelding pace. So, please, tell us why Confederate probably wins the race, but why every other horse is live as well. Uh, I mean, the only concern I have with Confederate is, uh, well, for one, he cut himself and then went that 48 and two mile in the Tattersall. So maybe I shouldn't be worried by the fact that he almost broke around the last turn in the elimination. I don't know what that was. It might have just been he wanted to go and Tim was trying to tell him to be more methodical about it. He just he threw in a weird step in the far turn. And then in the stretch, Tim had to actually go to the whip. It was a... It wasn't the kind of elimination that, you know, uh, represented the kind of performances that he has shown in stakes past. But, uh, I mean, he's a classy horse. He still came up with 25 and change. He got by. I thought Stockade Sealster won a big race, all things considered, in that elimination. Uh, going first over and then be pushing through that 54 and 4 front half. And then he only lost by a length two confederate looked like re-engaged and battled back uh to the inside to get second so I, i'm kind of curious if he has anything more to offer in this final he might be an okay price uh, 15 to 1 morning line is probably gonna be somewhere around there but uh i mean if if everything is fine with confederate after the little hiccup in lexington i good luck beating him it's Ammo was able to beat him, but even then, it was only by a half length. And it's my show was able to beat him, and it was only by a head. So, uh, Coach Stefanos, maybe he goes twenty three and four final quarter and blows by him. In which case, uh, we'll be hailing to the new chief after that. All right, Mike, you've hinted to us all day. You better not let me down now. Confederate's gonna lose. Yeah, I'm gonna try out Ray. I, I like, I loved his last two races. I, I mean, I do, is he as good as Confederate? Probably not. I mean, Confederate's the top horse in the sport, but we've seen what Hoosier does, and we've seen that that you know big chalk and things like this can go down given the right circumstances. You know, this horse was sold for over five hundred thousand. And new connections, you know, showed up and kicked twenty five and three. Looked as good as he's ever looked. Uh, I think he's the one I want. If if anybody's going to beat him, it, it's a horse that is rounding into a good form. I love that race at Lexington when he kicked 25 and four and he lacked room against Cannibal. He probably should have won that spot. Then he comes back and wins the elimination uh, against Cannibal there. I know that that's not Confederate, but if Confederate's vulnerable, I, I want El Ray to beat him. I think he's the only one that possibly could. What what odds you get on El Ray? I think I probably, I don't know. I'd imagine about seven, eight. I, I could see it because money's going to be spread around behind confederate he's got to be what one to five anyway um in a in a race in a race one to ten in a in a race like this yeah as a gambler i would my first thought would be god there are so many easier situations to get a seven or eight to one but, shot but here's the thing, than to be confederate like, you, you know you're not i'm not looking to beat him in the wind pool like i'm looking this is where you cash bigger multis if you're trying to beat him there that's where he's 95 98 in, in multis and that's where you get value uh, I mean, he's going to be a clear second choice to me in the multis. I don't, I don't, I don't see... know about that. The one takes money there. The, the five takes money there. Uh, you know, the, the, the it's my show takes money there. Uh, even Stockade Silster might take a little bit. So I think that the money's spread around behind him. 
I mean, it also, I guess it also depends on what you're surrounding him by because, I mean, fr- French wine might be an okay price depending on how the mayor pace goes. It doesn't you, matter. You beat Confederate and, and everything explodes. Uh, yes. Mm, yes. Nah. So I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen people Go say back that. To the, and, yeah, okay. You said that you see pick fours pay 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, Jacob, uh, oh, Ray, that first start for the Andrew Harris barn in that elimination out there, Hoosier, and uh, took care of business pretty well. But obviously, Confederate clearly the one to knock off here. Yeah, but I like it. Like the race that I kind of went back and I watched the Breeders' Crown video they put on their Facebook and their YouTube channel where they have the gate camera going around the last turn and you get an up close look at those steps that Confederate threw in. And that was ugly on that last turn. Like that's a legitimately near break. I mean, really nasty step by Confederate on the last turn. Like Ray said, I think he was maybe just trying to get wound up a little bit, and they were going on the last turn a little bit, and maybe threw in a nasty step, but it certainly stuck with me. I wouldn't be opposed to throwing on El Ray on top in here just because of that, getting the switch to Dexter Dunn, gets the inside post, he can kind of stalk. Uh, that effort by Coach Stefanos, that 24-2 and home last quarter, I don't know where that came from. I watched that horse all year long. Very, very good horse, don't get me wrong. No clue where that came from. Don't expect anything close to that again this week. Uh, with that said, Elray is the only other one I could make a case for if you're looking to beat Confederate. Uh, Cannibal, I was pretty disappointed in his effort on the front end last week in that LM. Otherwise, I would have looked at him to maybe be the one to knock off uh, his Diamond Creek stablemate in Confederate. But Elray is the only one I could maybe possibly make a case for. So, Derek, if we're going to chat Coach Stefanos a little bit more, what do we make of a 24-2 and two kicker? Uh, you know what? I actually watched the replay a bunch of times and started timing it myself to see if it was accurate. It's close. I mean, it might have been 24 and three instead of 24 and two, but it's pretty close. Uh, I don't know. Some horses are just sprinters and other horses aren't. I don't know. Maybe everything worked out perfectly for him that day. Maybe he ate his Wheaties. Um, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. That's crazy. Um, 24 some some thoughts on Confederate, you know, as far as the, um, you know, the near break on the turn. Uh, one of the things that driver Tim Teacher told me was that Hoosier Park has really tight turns compared to some of the other tracks that Confederate has been on. And, you know, the, and this was the tightest turns that this horse has faced. And, you know, along with the knee injury, that's maybe not, you know, 100 percent healed. You know, the laceration is not 100 percent healed, you know, and keeping the horse in, you know, when the horse was probably keyed up to go in a, you know, maybe slower than he'd like to be uh, fractions. It all kind of played into the role of, you know, him maybe almost breaking. And to me, when you have a horse like Confederate, who's perhaps not 100% his last two starts, and he still wins anyway, I'm thinking that he's only going to get better as the days go along, you know, so it's more likely that he's going to be better in the final than he was in the elimination rather than regress, because um, I don't really see any signs of regression. I mean, how many horses, you know, come home in 25 and change and are regressing, you know, in a 49 and four mile, I think it was the second fastest mile of the night behind the, by the missile. Uh, I, I think beating Confederate's going to be a tall task. Uh, I do agree. I like the effort from El Ray last time, and I like the effort from El Ray to start before. And, you know, I believe this horse raced well at the end of last year, too. So, Maybe the colder weather works well for El Rey, and that's when he can step up, um, try to make a, a case for Stockade Sealster because I think there's some ability there. But really, when's the last time we saw a race from him that we really felt, you know, where, you know, oh, that's an impressive horse. 
You know, it's been a while since we've seen that kind of big type of race. You know, I mean, you don't want to keep taking these favorites, but I think, you know, it's going to be hard to be Confederate. I'd be looking at just the cold exacto of El Rey, and, you know, if it comes in, it comes in. If not, turn the page and on to the next one. And Derek wonders why I had all this chalk on top of my TRF leaflet. <laughs> well, John, it sounds like Murray on YouTube listening in is going to try El Rey maybe to beat uh, Confederate, but what about for you? Yeah, he's going to be a popular horse, and I think that – you know, obviously I like them in the LM. I think you've got to be intrigued at the fact that, uh, you know, maybe the change of scenery would do them some good, right? We saw um, different aged horses transition over to Andrew Harris's barn and have success. So, but this is a really tough ask, right? To be Confederate. I, I, I think if Timmy acknowledged about the turns being so tight and whatnot, don't you think he's going to have him, you know, he's going to factor that into how we race him and when he moves him. And, you know, I, I, I mean, he's got Timmy's Timmy for a reason, right? So I, for me, it was, we saw him, get the brunt of it over at Lexington a couple starts back and, and he still opened up and got the job done. Right. I mean, I see no reason why he can't repeat here. Um, again, I don't want to, it's not about going against Chuck's just that he's proven that he's just clearly a notch above everybody else. Right. He's lost two big races because of the drive, just being in bad spots. Right. Timmy's acknowledged it already. He's put him in better spots since, um, we joke about that he's never going to lose a race all year. And since that point, like he really hasn't. And hopefully he gets the job done here. And hopefully we get to see him in the in the FanDuel or TVG uh, finals against some of these aged uh, open pacers. Because I think that he'd have a, a legit shot uh, against them too. Because he's he's that good of a racehorse. And I, I'm not going to go against him here. Redemption time for a confederate in the Breeders' Crown. He's going to get it done. All right, race 14, the open trot, second to last race. I need another 90-second timeout, so this is my great chance to once again go to Ray Catolo to tell us about how Love by the Masses and may have been 7th and 8th last week, but they're going to turn the table in the final this week, Ray. Have at it. I, I mean, I, maybe this is an unpopular opinion. It's not, it's not either of those horses. I have not seen a single race from Al-Raja 1 where I think he, he – I give him the Breeders' Crown now. In all honesty, I there's no there none of these horses have exhibited the same turn of foot, the same ease of motion, uh, just the the way in which he's able to travel through gears and then push the ground underneath. I I don't. I don't know how anyone beats Al Raja One. I don't even think there's a universe where Logan Park does what he did on the lead, and somehow Al Raja One isn't able to get there. Uh, he's the, the, he's a freak, and I don't think that the nine post hurts him at all. I I'm 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 lost to see how he loses this race. I I'm not a big fan of Southwind Tyrion in this spot just because he was supposed to go by Logan Park off a trip like that. And he didn't, but also that looked like a really good stretch drive by Dougie McNair, where it was almost like he was slowing things down to a 16th of a mile just to get a little extra breather. And then once that passing lane opened, he re-engaged with Logan Park. And that might have been that might have been the winning move. I, I, I don't know. Um, but Southland Tyrion was second to his stable mate, was okay. The only horse that I had I have some interest in as a long price for the underneath spots pretender one of these days is gonna hit the ticket and he's gonna be a big price doing it i thought when they were coming into the stretch there for home i thought this horse was gonna fly onto the super and then he hung and finished fifth but uh maybe 13 days after he's on lasix now 
uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he gets it. Maybe he gets up. I, I, maybe that's the only piece that's missing is he's got a little blood in the lungs. Got to clean that up. It's all good as new. Patch it up. He'll be like 50 to one, maybe at the trifecta superfecta. I really like how this guy travels. He has plenty of speed in his holster. Uh, it just seems like his brain hasn't really been able to figure out how to make his legs move, but that's not going to be enough to beat Al Rasha one. I, I don't think anyone has what it takes to beat Al Rasha one. Jacob, I will go on the record. Al Rasha one is the most likely winner of this entire weekend, more than Confederate. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not at all concerned about post nine. It's not like he's a horse that's really going to be going for the lead in the early stages. Anyway, he just kind of lets that race come to him. And then he's just simply faster than these other horses in the stretch. It's academic seems to kind of tailed off the last couple months or so. Won a big race here in the Caesars Trotting Classic, actually equaled that all-time track record uh, for the Trotters here in the Caesars Trot. With that said, after Dayton finished third there, I won a huge mile there, and the last two efforts have just been pretty dull from its academic. Just seem, kind of seems like he's tailed off quite a bit. Uh, Pretender, I agree. He won back here on September 15th. He was huge that night, 51-4 and four, right down the road. Uh, looked like he was going to be really live going into that Caesars trot. Had to do a lot of hard work in the Caesars trot, kind of set the stage for its academic. Uh, with that said, the two starts prior or since rather uh, just been okay for Pretender. Um, I agree. Al Raja won. He's probably a single in here. Uh, I just think he's much, much better than these horses. John? Who has muted himself? He's just going to say Al Raja won. It is going to be tough to beat Al Raja won, though. I will give it that. Um, I, I think that, you know, it's academic. I think we're talking about him tailing off. I, I wouldn't say he's tailed off. I just think that he's had to take on the likes of Al Raja won. I think he's had some bad posts in some of those other um, races. And, you know, it was an elimination drive last time out. Uh, it was first time back on Lasix again, right? I mean, we didn't see him put forth any effort in the Al Raja next. And maybe it's by virtue of because he just can't function without Lasix uh, whatsoever. So, he, he might be able to bounce back with a big effort, but obviously I think a lot of people saw, if you're going to play exact as though, I, why not the late Hanover it was the fast final quarter of the night, uh, you know, of the evening that night. I, I, that was a big effort from him. He's got some talent. I never really thought that he could maybe at least be up there with some of the top ones. He, he has a real position to work with. He might be able to sneak in uh, underneath for the exact. I really liked that effort last time. Like, I'm pretty sure delayed Hanover when still with Okus Fonstead two years ago. I think he was at least the morning line favorite in Hamiltonian. I think he actually went off the post time favorite, too. Mm, not sure about that. Post time favorite? Not against Captain Corey. No, that's right. He was the sec second um, or third choice, but he was the morning line favorite. Yeah, that's right. I don't mind him, John, either. I have him pick third in my picks. I, I do think that he will be finishing. Uh, I'm going to try Logan Park because nobody else is because – you know, while he's not as classy as a Rajawan, and and uh, you know that's that's true. Rajawan sort of shows up by appointment only, and you know has to rough it here from a tough post. I mean, there's going to be things against him enough to make me think the way Logan Parks raced and he's popping those miles of fifty and three at, at Mohawk. That is not easy to do. Uh, he's been dominant too, and and uh, then he shows up here. The fact that they shipped says a lot. The fact that was able to dominate another elimination uh, says a lot to me. He's probably not classy enough to beat the favorite, but I, I don't mind taking a shot. I mean, I, I'm looking at, at at trying to beat a lot of these favorites, and uh, you know, he's a horse you know that's going to get the front again. Uh, there's a lot of uh, horses in here that probably aren't going to pressure him enough. If he sneaks away, he might get. You know, be tough to catch, just like he was last time. May not be good enough, but uh, I'll try him. Derek? Yeah, I don't like Logan Park at all. 
<laughs> you don't like anything I like. It's it's like it's it, it's like Thomas on these round tables. When he moves him, he just rips everything I say too. Uh, I what is Logan Park? Has Logan Park won a stakes race like ever? Well, he just uh, won the elimination last week. Was that a, was no, that no, a stakes no. race like, or no? I'm wondering. Elimination he's made seven hundred eighty-five thousand. I know. Well, I think I, I think he won a super final. Form. He's won eleven races this year. I think it's he been, has won a super final. Yeah, but it's probably so. been two years since his last meaningful win. You know, unless you count as he's ever been. He's as fast as he's ever been. Derek, I mean, Derek, Derek. Every win is meaningful when you share it with friends. Okay. Well, and, yeah. and really, what horse is it? What horse does he look that does he look worse than in the race? Besides the, the nine is the only horse that looks like a monster compared to every, everyone else looks the same. I find it interesting. This is a good useless fact. Mike has loved the Alim winner three years in a row out of <laughs> You don't remember the It's Academic is going to be an Ecury debate in 2021. <laughs> That's academic second in that race. So. And he raced great. He raced great. He raced like 30 to one, too. The bottom line for me is, and listen, I don't love it's academic in this race. You know, I don't love South Winterian in this race, but you know what? I like them better than I like Logan Park. And I think the price is probably similar, you know, on all three, you know, close to, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't think there's, a, I, I happen to agree with right. I don't think there's any way a lot Al Raja one loses his race. I don't care what the trip is. I don't care if he gets parked a mile. I think he's just going to keep coming and blow by. I think he's the only legitimate, you know, elite level horse in this race. I think it's academic is a very good horse and everyone else is just a good horse. Um, if I was going to take a shot with a long shot underneath, not on top, I might take a shot right on my cage. You know, he's adding Lasix here and he's adding Lasix for a barn that really doesn't add Lasix on their horses. I think uh, other than Southwind, Tyrion and Up Your Deo, I don't think there's a horse in, in Aki's barn that has Lasix. So for him to add Lasix to the horse, you know, to me, I think that's a meaningful move. And uh, he's 20 to one on the morning line. He's going to end up being a huge price. I I might take a shot with him underneath, but I'll Roger one on top. All right. Final race. We'll wrap ourselves up here. The open pace. Jacob, kick us off with, I I don't know, one argue the featured race of the night, second feature behind the Confederate race. I don't know. Either way, by the missile, tattoo artist. They were the limb winners. They're likely to take a lot of money here. Yeah, and you can't argue with how good Tattoo Artist has been the last couple of months, starting with that Canadian Pace Derby win. You know, he tracked down by the missile there late in the stretch uh, to get the win in the final there. And then pretty much every start since he's gotten to the lead. They've just kind of turned him loose on the lead. He's gotten fractions that go his way. And then you're just not going to catch him when he gets to the front with some cheap fractions. The same thing happened in the Alim. Uh, by the missile, I've been waiting for him to kind of take that next step. It's hard to say that with a horse that's won nine of 13, but, you know, with a mile like the Canadian Pace Derby, I didn't expect him to lose that race. And he's just had a few of those, the Dayton Pace Derby, where he opted to just sit in from third instead of going and being the one to take on Tattoo Artist. I thought that was pretty interesting prior to Lexington. So I did put Tattoo Artist on top. I think a price to put with him, I put a buck about Hanover there. Uh, this is a horse I kind of keep waiting on and waiting on. Dexter Dunn back in the bike here for Andrew Harris. I was really impressed by that second place effort to Tattoo Artist um, in the Alim. Got home in 26 and change, shipped loose late there. I thought he was better in the Alaraj. He's a horse that you know has had some issues staying on the track this year. I'm finally getting some consistency going again. Uh, I think he's coming in this race in good form. I think if you go Tattoo Artist on top, maybe you put a buck about Hanover second. Um, but beyond that, I struggled, but getting back at two artists. Mike? 
Well, I think everyone knows where I'm going, and that's, you know. <laughs> you know, Derek's not going to like this horse, and I don't really give a shit. But <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm going Charlie May, and because I love the horse, and, and yeah, I mean, he's probably going to really have to step up to win this race, because Artis has been really good, but he ended up first up last time, and you know, they're going to change the shoes this week on him, and uh, he, he does need a trip, but with the two favorites lined up against each other, they could go crazy a little bit here, and, and uh, you know, if, if that does happen, and by the missile and tattoo artist hook up early, he could get a trip, and I don't mind the post. I think he's going to end up probably in that second flight, and he's proven capable against these horses. He's made $2 million. He likes the racetrack, and... Uh, he's going to be a price. I mean, the last time I told you to play him, he was 30 to one. He won the race. So I know I bet him that night. Uh, you know, he's that, that price is probably reflective of his chances of winning the race. Tattoo artist is probably supposed to win the race. He's been the sharpest horse for a, a good while now. And I think he probably wins, but uh, we'll try Charlie May on top. All right, Derek, rebut it and tell us why Charlie May has no chance. I actually don't mind Charlie May in this race as a play, you know, cause you're going to get the right price on him and, He's proven capable of winning this kind of race. And, you know, and I'm doing everyone who likes Charlie May a favor by not picking him because he never races well when I pick him. Never. I mean, he's like dead as can be when I pick him. So I'm not playing him here. I don't like tattoo artists either, you know. So there's a surprise where I'm not going on the favorite. If I was going to take one of the two favorites, I would take by the missile over tattoo artists. You know, I think he's been, while the, the lines look met, much better on Tattoo Artist, I think the times that Tattoo Artist has beaten By the Missile, I think By the Missile's had legitimate excuses. He was drawn outside of him in the Dayton Derby, and then he set way too fast the fractions in the Canadian uh, Pacing Derby. So I think he has legitimate excuses for why he's lost. So if I was going to play one of those two, it would be By the Missile. I went with Alleyway Hanover. Um, I, I, I really liked his elimination race last week. This is a horse that doesn't like to take any air at all. You know, only races well off a trip. And, you know, he stayed on pretty well last week. You know, better than I expected him to stay on. I understand going in that I'm going to need a trip for him to win, that he's not going to, you know, obviously second tier is, is you know, always uh, hard to go right to the front anyway. But I understand I'm going to need a trip. But I also know that I'm going to get, you know, four to one, five to one, six to one range on, on this horse. And I know he can win this race. John, I wish Alleyweg, uh, you know, drew on the gate. I think that obviously, like I said, I've said it earlier, I just don't like that second tier. But um, I think he's a horse who could sit and, and play the role of upsetter. But I wish he drew on the gate. Uh, kind of in agreement with Derek, though. I mean, Tattoo Artist has been so good. We've never seen Louis uh, lose sitting behind him. I think by the missile looked really, really sharp last week. Like he just looked, uh, you know, pretty sound. He looked sharp. That was, a, I mean, he did some racing in that elimination, right? I obviously... He can go faster for a horse of his caliber, but I, I thought I thought he looked pretty good. I like the body language of Yannick. I like the body language of the horse. Um, you know, we look back at the Canadian Pacing Derby elimination. The way he won that elimination, I thought there was – I had so much confidence in any horse going into a final. I thought that there was no scenario he was going to get beat, and he did. And then we've seen Tattoo Artist kind of take over as the best uh, H-Pacer in the sport. But I really like the way by the missiles going to that final. I think you're going to get a better price on the horse. And – um you know, it's not long ago he was favored against Ted Tuarda, so I think that I like that elimination going to that final, and I'm I'm, I'm going to side with him. I'm going to go against. Don't the they got to hook up at some point, though? Don't in they have stretch. to hook up? And yeah, they they will have to hook up at some point, but I still think that by the missile, the talent's there. I think that he's going to be 
fine to, you know, to hook up with them. And even if they do, some of those other horses are going to have to do their best also to keep up. I think a key is going to be, you know, what does Chase H. Hanover do? You know, is he going to gun out of there and, and try to, you know, set some crazy fractions or at least push by the missile and tattoo artist a little bit early because they're clearly going to push off the gate. If that happens, that can, you know, change the way this uh, race goes. Well, Ray, last but not, well, actually, I, I don't know about that. Uh, Ray, uh, Murray on YouTube says, uh, uh, just for you, Tarazi. <laughs> I mean, I wish. I of all, there, of all the races that I looked at, I spent the longest on this one because in a way I felt defeated. It's just like, it was by this point I realized, oh, God, I have this much chalk on top. That's not good. That's good, um, Ray. That, yeah, no, but then I felt better that I had, I had a bunch of bombs underneath the truck. So I feel like there are some chances at things going awry. But then I see a horse like Tattoo Artist, and I watch a horse like Tattoo Artist race. And I see the way that he wins the Canadian Pacing Derby against uh, by the Missile, who is supposed to be what I think he's supposed to be, and he wasn't what he was supposed to be. So it made me uh, very angry. And Tattoo Artist... Uh, one that, in all honesty, you watch that Canadian pacing derby over and over and over and over and over again. There is, he, he's not supposed to win that race from that spot. And the reason he won that race from that spot, I think, is because of class. I can't amount it to anything else beyond that. By the Missile's a good horse. He's a four year old. Tattoo artist has is an experience edge on him as a six year old. And I mean, I. I even if by the missile went too fast on the front, I don't know. I don't see how this race unfolds. I just feel like I'm going to be disappointed and see tattoo artists win as a favorite and then just kind of go like, yay. Uh, but I mean, I would be more interested if one of these favorites lost. I don't see that being possible. I wish Tarasi was coming into oh, this race possible. better. I would, I, if Charlie May wins, it'll be my favorite race of the night and I'll put down my Nintendo Switch. Mine too. But I, I, I envision they're going to be getting to the half and I'm going to be booting up my Nintendo Switch and playing uh, a selection of my favorite classic games on the library, uh, including Mario and the Legend of Zelda. Hey, it's, almost Animal, it's almost Animal Crossing Halloween time. That's like, it is, that's it, it is in fact, Animal Crossing Halloween time. And around the time they hit the three quarters, I may be putting on my island renovation cap and digging some trenches because I'll know what's going to happen in that stretch drive. And most likely it's going to be uh, tattoo artist wins. Are we done? I mean, I think that you are as by the missiles should be entering battle. It's kind of, I don't even remember anymore how many races we've discussed. Whatever race I said earlier that it's the price situation, I just think Tad Tuartis is going to take way more money than by the missile. And I think by the missile provides some value based on that. So I'll take by the missile. But as always, we'll be rooting for our, our dear friend Don Tiger and Mike. Uh, hopefully, you cash big on Charlie May. But that is 12 races for Championship Breeders a Crown Weekend out at Hoosier Park this Friday, October 27th. And Saturday, October 28th, 15 races each night, 6 p.m. special first post time each night. Um, and uh, I don't know, Jacob, anything I miss in there as we wrap up? Uh, no, just looking forward to it. You know, it's one of those things that felt like it was a long way away all season long here at Hoosier Park. And then all of a sudden it's Breeders' Crown Week. And, uh, you know, we've been putting in the effort and hopefully we put on a great event and hopefully the races live up to it. I know, you know, 2020 it was a little bit of a unique year, the year we did have the Breeders' Crown last Having no fans here, uh, that was pretty strange, but the racing lived up to it. Uh, hopefully we get the same kind of racing we got in 2020 just with people here to enjoy it. That would be ideal. Derek, I'm sure we get a, a DRF newsletter coming out here for, for Breeders' Crown weekend. 
yeah, I've been working on it for the past two hours during this, uh, you know, uh, thing here. So if you see me looking away, I was looking at my screen working on it. Uh, it should be a good newsletter. You know, a lot of good content in there. We'll have picks from, you know, some of the people who are on this uh, broadcast here and a, a bunch of others. I did full card analysis for it. Uh, we have a special promotion on DRF bets, 5% uh, rebate on all the races Friday and Saturday. And uh, be tons of content, live video, analysis videos, everything you can ask for drf.com slash harness and hopefully i'll see some of you there live i know i'll see jacob <laughs> there derek would have only had to work an hour and a half on it but i had to send him 400 extra words on my column for this month that i'm sure he's seething so, through with a fine tooth comb there's two locks there's two locks on brutus crown week it's uh, one that mike is going to pick charlie mike <laughs> and two that ray is going to send whatever he's going to send late <laughs> it's true. I had, to do, I had to do 40 press kits that totaled 55 pages that'll be available on the Hamiltonian.com website with all stories on uh, all the horses that are competing. Well, Ray, Derek spent two hours working on the newsletter. I've been spending my time watching Sam Houston football try to get their first FBS win and watching the Indiana Pacers. 143 points, most points ever by a team on opening night. Wait, they beat the Kings tonight? No, no, Ray. The Kings scored 144 and beat them. Oh, oh, did oh, okay. That, I, that my text didn't go through. I was trying to tell John that the Kings were a good bet tonight, but alas, my phone has been acting up. I am being censored by the mainstream media, which is why I have to let everyone know to follow me on X instead for all my raw, unfiltered thoughts that they don't want you to know, and sometimes I don't even want you to know. But I have this compulsion to share that I think is hurting me. Uh, so if that's you don't know what time it is, follow Ray. He'll tell you. I'll only tell you the day of the week. You ask me what time, you're on your own. John, uh, will we see you on the Mohawk broadcast Saturday during these Breeders' Crown races, kind of looking to the side, watching both? Yeah, I'll be working Friday, Saturday night. I'm praying that the, the races spread out. I'm praying that Mohawk doesn't overlap with, you know, who's They usually in. show them on their feeds. You'll probably get lucky. <laughs> yeah, so, like, that's my biggest concern is that I don't, I, I don't want them to have to overlap. So, um yeah, that would be ideal for me, and I'm looking forward to – obviously, can't sit in the luxury of my home and watch all these eliminations or be there in person, unfortunately. Um, just the timing didn't really align, but I'll be I'll be sh tuning in big time. Mike, I'm sure we got plenty of content on Nahu Picks for the weekend. Yeah, NahuPicks.com. Uh, my picks will be in the, the racing forum, thanks to Derek. He has some faith in me, even though he doesn't act like it on this thing. Um, <laughs> Rod, uh, Rod Arms Jr., Kevin Plowcha, their thoughts on the website. Plus, I'll have my usual Mohawk stuff. Uh, we'll have some other racetracks all weekend, our usual stuff every day. Go to nahoopix.com. Lots of good Hoosier stuff uh, and uh, lots of other things. Rosecroft, Meadowlands, Meadows, uh, everywhere. Well, as always, racing fans, thank you for tuning in. Uh, as usual, the Breeders' Crown show is always a little lengthy, but, you know, I think we have some good information, hopefully, these 12 championship races, a lot of guaranteed pools, a lot of great stuff going on on track. If you get a chance to get out there at Hoosier Park, uh, we will thank uh, producer Craig tonight uh, for taking care of things for us. Thanks, as Craig. Well for you for uh, tuning in, and uh, we hope that uh, you have the best of success this weekend in your wagering endeavors out at Hoosier Park, and uh, we'll talk to you next time here on this special podcast, which, again, we thank in the Money Media and Caesars Entertainment for their sponsorship of, and good night. And Craig. Thanks, Craig.